Hello and welcome to the Super Show podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and joining me today, Jamie and Alex. I'm not going to come up with anything funny. It's just Jamie and Alex, just two dudes, right. three dudes, in fact, just here, uh, you know, uh, caressing your inner eardrums. How are you doing, fellas? You don't have to come up with anything funny, Chris, because it's already on your face. Oh. Hey. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. That little, what, what's a nickname for those things? Gorgeous little the, uh, the, lip, um, lip caterpillar. Caterpillar, yeah. yeah. Like Dr. Casper. Disrespect. Yeah, exactly. This, no, is, uh, this, is, this is a take on it, okay? Because here's what happened. It's, uh, you know, we've been in lockdown. This whole year has been a bit scrambled. You don't know whether you're coming or going. You don't know what day of the week it is. If it's morning, if it's night, whatever it is. And I kind of forgot that it was uh, Movember. And then I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to get a mo going. So I got a mo going, uh, and then, you know, it, it's a bit of a different moustache that I've I've done before beforehand. Yeah, yeah, looking good. I like Jamie. Jamie's still got the little bit of soul patch, so it looks like kind of like a. <laughs> I wish it was a soul. Dude, can you imagine if I rocked just the soul patch? <laughs> you, you, I would you, love you, that. You kind of look like a Fat Cervantes from uh, Soul Calibur, which I, you know I think is a good. <laughs> I'll, look. T- I'll a good take look. a Fat Cervantes. I was thinking if I kept the soul patch, I'd look like a guy who was like a part-time guitar teacher and at a fairly Ooh. reasonable price. Oh, but also no, you, a pedophile. You need, have, you need to have the long, yeah, pedophile. You need to have the long hair with the ponytail. Yeah, totally. <laughs> at a fairly, I like the, and, at a fairly reasonable price. A fairly reasonable, yeah. a, a fairly reasonably priced pedophile. I like it. Just, um, just a nonce guitar teacher. Well, hey, guess what, guys? We're a gaming podcast. Welcome. <laughs> uh, we're available on all major podcasting platforms. So if you are listening to this and you want to see the uh, disgustingly dirty uh, moustache that I'm currently rocking, then head on over to uh, youtube.com forward slash super show and uh, check it hey, out. I, uh, but yeah, we're available. Joking. It looks yeah. amazing, Chris. You look gorgeous. Thank you. I thought I'd do something different today because, you know, I've done the handlebars. I've done the bushy one. This one is a little bit finer, a little bit uh, arrogant French maitre d', you know? I can see. Yeah, that actually, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. But then, of course, my stubble has come through and I'm just too lazy to kind of keep it like on the level. So fuck it. Uh, yeah, no, so, yeah, like boys. arrogant French maitre d during lockdown. Perfect. <laughs> just what you want, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, um, aside from YouTube and all the major podcasting platforms of your choice, you know, talking Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Deezer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we are also available on paisleyradio.com, which is an internet radio, and you can catch us there every Thursday at 10 p.m. So go check it out, paisleyradio.com. Give us a support. Uh, if you're watching... Or listening rather on paisleyradio.com. Check out the uh, you know, check out the other ch- uh, avenues to check us out the YouTube and check uh, out the YouTube just so you can see Chris's tash. Hey, leave my tash alone, man. No, you know, I mean in I, all its know, glory. As you know, you're thinking, doing it for my, my member. It's good. Put my hair down as well, and then oh and, no, because like we can't all the, be nonces. <laughs> okay, Jesus. You know the problem with with the moustache on me is particularly because a lot of the time I've got my hair. Um, in a, in a bit of a side parting, it, there's there's a there's a hint of the Flanders, the the Ned Flanders. Oh, I try, right. I try oh, and yeah. avoid, uh, but yeah. Oh, I was gonna just thinking, you look a little bit. Is it Peter Sellers, the guy who plays the, yeah. the detective in the Pink Panther thing? Uh, yeah, in, <laughs> Inspector Clouseau. There's a little bit of that. Yeah, I can yeah, uh, love it. Sure. I'll tell you what. I'll even give you a little bit of a. Hold on. Mm. But now, Chris, <laughs> do show the folks at home what I described as the Ken Bone for anyone who remembers Ken. Oh, the Ken Bone, yeah. So Ken Bone is the uh, the dude. That, yeah, it was a twenty sixteen presidential debate. Uh, mm. Just kind of one of these. <laughs> the guy who wore the big red jumper and became a bit of a meme afterwards. There's Chris's Ken Bone. 
Perfect. Don't um, do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you literally look like a different human being. You Thanks. honestly look, I don't know why. Like it's one of those things where like if the if the camera angle was different, I can't change it now because obviously the you know, but uh but your 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 head almost starts to look like a thumb. Like you you lose the definition of your neck. You just go from like shoulder oh, to like, the tip of your head, like Yeah, see I I have to maintain a perfect circle of hair around my entire <laughs> head. Otherwise, I, I would just look like, you know, the uh, the erasers or the rubbers on the end of pencils, just like a yeah. weird, like slightly reddish pink mass. Um, <laughs> that's what I end up looking like. Oh, my God. OK, so remember a, a few podcasts back where I said, you know what, we really need to start these podcasts and very quickly get into the fact of like that we are actually a gaming podcast and we do talk about gaming and not just a whole bunch of random Jamie bullshit. Jamie's a pencil. Yeah, Jamie's a pencil. I'm Ken Bone. We haven't said anything bad about Jonesy, but that's because Jonesy is a gorgeous specimen of a man. Ah, well, anyway, fellas, uh, we've been doing it for a couple of weeks now, and I think it's serving us well, where we're going to jump straight into a new story and then do some housekeeping afterwards, all right? So did you catch the latest and final episode of Night City Wire, the cyberpunk uh, internet sensation, as it were? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was very good. It's the hype train video in video form, isn't it? It's sort of um, a different carriage every every yeah. episode. Is the, uh, it, the hype train. It kind of was right. Yeah, different carriage. Every episode is a different carriage. I like it. If that was the case, then this was the fucking steam engine at the front because that shit was fucking chugging along beautifully. Yeah. Man, like watching these Night City wires, it's always been like, oh, that's cool. That's rad. Yeah. Okay. The different gangs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the cars. Yeah. You know, I'm a petrol head. So I'm like, yeah, cars. Cool. But something about this one in particular, maybe because they, they were like, it's the last one and it's getting close to release and let's just fucking get, get you as hyped as we can fucking possibly get you. And I don't know, it, it, especially the last trailer at the end of this, which I think they titled the gameplay trailer has exponentially upped my hype levels, which, you know, is never a good thing because you always want to go into a game kind of level-headed. But mm, it, it was it was stroking all sorts of shafts and tickling all sorts of uh, testes for me. Don't know about you guys. Uh, I, you know, I, I really liked it. I thought it was fantastic. It was... It sort of changed the game for me a little bit in how my perception of the story in some ways because of the detail they went into about Keanu Reeves' character um, of Johnny Silverhand. Um, I'm not going to lie as well, that section where they showed sort of like the mocap and him doing the acting and stuff, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Like that got me sort of thinking, oh, wow, this is his... He's not just going to be in it for like one cutscene or they're not going to talk about him in, you know, cloaked terms. He's actually going to be in it and you're going to get some cool acting and some cool scenes and stuff yeah there, uh, there was the only slight wrinkle to that for me was is are they kind of overselling him in this last one to try and make you think that he's going to be more of a presence than he is actually going to be i, I don't think if so you, because everything that they're kind of pointing towards the story without you know they're obviously trying not to give away too much but everything that we can see of the story just does kind of point to him and they said it even in the the night city wire he is kind of like a co-protagonist yeah, so that's what I was wondering. Is it? But they haven't seemed to say that so far up to this point. He's almost been like a, a, a just a character in the world, and it seems like they've suddenly turned around and gone, "No, he is effectively yeah. with you the whole way through. He's I, like a ghost in the machine, or you see yeah. him I, repeatedly I think it's, pops it's, up." And it's got to be that though, Jonesy, because it's like 
we we know that certain games have been like, oh, look at this celebrity that we've got. And all they did was fucking capture the person's face and then that's it. <laughs> They're not, yeah, Conor McGregor, Lewis Hamilton, like yeah, it's, fucking um, both um, in the same game. N- n- yes, N- Nicholas Wine Nick Nicholas Winding referent in um uh Death Stranding, you know? Yeah, Spacey Co- had a little O'Brien. bit more in COD, didn't he? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they go for it. No, they, they couldn't do the, the, the capture for Spacey because he was too busy bent over a... No, let's not... Wow. No, just... Oh, Conan, Conan said, um, Oi, oi, get, Kevin, get off that underage child. We've got lines to read. <laughs> Lisa Conan got some lines in Death Stranding, didn't he? Although mm-hmm. it was one of the weirdest cameos in a video he, game. He, gave, he, gave you, he gave you that otter hat that lets you swim yeah. fast or some shit. To be fair, actually, now that we're do- talking about this, I have realised that Cyberpunk does have that with a few people. It's just mm. they're, they go in the influencer route, aren't they? Like they've yeah. got Dr. Disrespect and Alana Pierce and people like that yeah. popping up in some shape or form. It's pretty fucking cool, but you know what? Like, uh, if they really wanted to elevate this game to like not just game of the year status, but like game of the decade status, I mean, where's where's a uh, current Super Show former ATG members, Chris, Jamie, and Jonesy? Like, I'm in it. I flew over to Poland before lockdown to do my capture. I was with Jamie came as well. We thought you were going later. Wow, wow. Wouldn't it be the first time that you guys have excluded me from something fucking cool? The the funny thing is I genuinely did fly to Poland just before lockdown (laughs) and there was a point in my life where I was like, I wonder if this is cyberpunk because I didn't know exactly what it was going to (laughs) be. Turns out it wasn't cyberpunk. Wasn't that yeah, for, Jamie, was, was, it, was it Outriders or? It was Outriders, yeah, yeah. which uh, has been delayed and that is why it is not coming out this fall. Man. You know what else oh, has well. been delayed, just uh, as an aside? It's Crossfire X, which is uh, something that I was actually really looking forward to. Uh, Remedy kind of getting involved in the single player aspect of that game. But hey, yeah. it is what it is, fellas. Look, there was also that, bring it back to Cyberpunk, there was also that rumor going around that like, oh, they don't have the um, release date on their Twitter profile anymore. And then everyone was like, ah, oh, it's going to be pushed again. It's going to be pushed again. All bullshit, okay? Because then they put it back up and they were like, don't be fucking stupid. It'll be ridiculous if we don't put this out. And even the night... What? Not- They've delayed it. Like, how can they say that? They've delayed well, it multiple times. Like, why would it be ridiculous to delay it? Like, no, I'm so- just, I'm just, I'm paraphrasing here, Alex Jones. They didn't actually say what I'm saying. Come on, get, you know. <laughs> Stop being- they kind of did though, because some of the stuff I saw was was them sort of saying, "No, absolutely, it's coming out on in December. Don't worry." And I'm like, "It's entirely possible it's delayed again." I'm not. I'm not um, going to assume that game's coming out until I'm holding it in my hands. <laughs> I, I think. I think now. I mean, fucking famous last words, but I, I think we are maybe a little bit too far gone and too close. I mean, I mean, here's here's one positive sign, right? Is the fact that. It was acknowledged, sort of indirectly and d- directly, depending on which source you go to, that <clears> current gen, or I guess what are now called previous gen consoles, <laughs> were one of the issues, were one of the holdups. Yeah. They have now shown yeah. the game running on a base Xbox One, which yeah. in theory is the weakest previous gen console, yeah. the previous, the weakest platform that Cyberpunk's on. So that was a vote of confidence. I feel in some respects, a yeah. very late one in the day, but still, yeah, um, it was kind of. That was, I watched that and I must admit, I was looking out for sort of like, here is it running on the X, here's it running on the Xbox One and, and sort of uh, comparing like a direct comparison of the two, which they didn't really do. They they kind of did some uh, walking through similar areas and some similar mission stuff, but 
I feel like it was very, and they even said, we've edited this for time. And I did wonder, you know, it's one of those where it could have been, <laughs> yeah. they edited it because it looked crap. No, like they the literally Xbox hid the transitions, next. didn't they? Their transitions yeah. are all in like doorways and yeah. walking through one area and out of one door and into another. So you can never directly compare the same environment on the two different platforms yeah. to see. Yeah. But Which, um, as an editor, yeah. I, can, I can appreciate, you know. <laughs> it's smooth, but it also felt like they were making a point of not letting the Xbox One version be yeah. actively compared but, to something else like for like. But then again, yeah. if you are watching a comparison video that is coming from the uh, the devs of the game, I would not, personally, I wouldn't trust it. Just just fucking wait for a Digital Foundry video. I mean, then, yeah. That's yeah, going yeah, yeah. to be your experience rather than like, oh, here's this vertical slice that we've got that nothing else is impeding on it. And yeah, look how good it runs, you know? It's, it's funny we said about that, say about that because... Um, so some of the uh, the procedurally generated um, lip syncing work they also talked about in the Night City yeah. Wire. This Charlie, did they Charlie, call it? Yeah, yeah. How you say it? yeah. Um, they the way they talked about how that worked and the fact that it's procedural and they can use it to um, uh, sort of it, it works whilst the game's running. It's not already baked into the characters, <clears> so they're saying it should be like a really good system whereby they can also do multiple languages without having to pre-ren, yeah. you know, pre- uh, do all the movements. Um, and it looks fantastic. It looks great. And they showed loads of examples of the the mouths working and the lip syncing re- like being really effective. But again, they've picked what to show you to show it working. <laughs> it's not like they're going to show you the time it goes a bit weird and the mouth sticks like, ah! <laughs> the person's talking and it, the mouth's like yeah. overstuck in this position because it's all procedural. And it's, um, yeah, it always kind of makes me think of that No Man's Sky um, meme video where they had the what they'd said it was going to be like with uh, like a dinosaur roaming through the lush undergrowth. <laughs> and then they showed the actual version and it was some like... A weird hoofed creature with a T-Rex head yeah. kind of weird, walking all weird with the, around with the, the really bad Jurassic Park theme being played on a recorder <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah but uh, yeah I think of all the stuff in the game this maybe makes me the most scared because I don't know it, it's just it is something that could just go wrong but hey you know fuck it they, they are confident in it let's just go with it um, but yeah that, that limp stick when they were doing the lip sync and they were showing you all the different languages, how cool was it with the fucking Chinese voice acting? Mm. They had, they had, uh, actually, I don't think I saw it. Oh, they, they had, they had Jackie just speaking in, in Chinese and I thought, how cool would it be to play the game in Chinese, both English subtitles? That'd be fucking cool. That would be neat. That was always one of the things for Ghost of Tsushima that people were saying. That obviously sounds much cooler when you hear that yeah. stuff in Japanese, but I think the issue there, ironically, <laughs> was that the lip syncing was done to the English, regardless of whether or not you chose the Japanese, because it was still an American production. So another uh, bullet dodged theoretically by CD Projekt Red's tech. Um, yeah. Not that I'm going to play it in anything other than English, because... <laughs> Yeah, Readings I mean, for old people, right? Like, I need to, <laughs> if I'm going to burn my eyes away and detach my retinas over the coming years, I'm going to do it by sitting six inches away from extremely bright screens, <laughs> yeah. not by reading. Fair enough. I, I have a friend who's, um, he's got pretty bad eyesight, right? And he needs to wear glasses, but he doesn't wear glasses because, you know, wearing glasses is uncool. And um, it is, it is uncool. It is very uncool, as you can tell. All right. And, um, what I used to do, my favorite thing was we used to go to movies quite a lot back in South Africa because movies were quite cheap. So you go like two, three times a week and we go to movies and I choose ones with like fucking subtitles on them. And then I book our tickets right at the back seats. Yeah. Great. Hello. It's great. 
of it. Yeah, oh, a little bit, a little bit, of, <laughs> little bit of canoodling. No, just so that he couldn't see what was going on or understand what was going on. Why would you do Listen, that to your friend? I don't know, because it's funny. Also, why did he go like the third time? I get the the first time you could style it out and go, ah, oh, there's an accident. The second no, time, because, it could be because like, you go, to he s- knows something's up. And the third time, he's like, I'm not going with you. And also, Chris said you- they're doing it like three yeah. times a week. So, like after a month, it's like, oh, this is the twelfth time Chris has done this to me this month. No, not each each there time. Can't be many foreign films left. <laughs> not each. I just time, want to sit down and watch Blood Diamond. Wow, there we go. Okay, cool. This is the same guy who we used to go out to clubs and stuff, and he he he. He'd see like a nice lady that he'd want to go and, and kind of say hello to. But because he couldn't see that well, and especially when he was drunk, he kind of like squinted them, but like with the, like a furrow on his face. And so many times, <laughs> like these women would look at him and thinking, why is this guy going to like aggressively rape me or something? <laughs> just because he was like, because he was trying to see them, but he was just always like, oh, she looks nice. And then he's squinting. You're like, mm-hmm. I used like, to have, the, do you know what? I, I'm joking. <laughs> I used to have exactly the same thing. Like when I used to, um, I didn't wear, wear maths is uh, wear my glasses in my maths class at school. Specifically, I don't know why I remember maths, but I was sat at the back of the room, and I my mate had to tell me what was like written on the board because I couldn't see it. <laughs> so dumb, yeah. so stupid. Classic, yeah, classic. Anyway, back to cyberpunk. <laughs> um, so they showed off a whole bunch of like the music and a nice little touch, but I, I guess it's something that they probably didn't think that they needed to kind of mention. But I guess with all the uh, Twitch uh, DMCA strikes going on that uh, they said, oh, there's going to be a streamer mode where it gets rid of any kind of licensed music. So, you know, you should be safe. But the licensed music that they did have there is pretty cool. And they um, in the past week, they debuted their Run the Jewels uh, song with a pretty cool music video. Did you guys yeah. have, Did you guys see it? I did. Music video was OK. I didn't care for the song that much and like I, i've liked a fair few rtj tracks in the past yeah um, i think they've got like you know i think they're all right but i don't know i wasn't into that track particularly didn't stick i thought it was all right but then again i did listen to it at 1.5 times speed so what <laughs> who it's knows? fucking music <laughs> like what that blows I'm my joking. mind no, I, did, I didn't i didn't not, not you don't you don't do that with music two Come times on. speed I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah fucking i wish my my life got changed recently because I found out that you can change the speed on Spotify. So podcasts, here we go. Hey, okay, yeah, podcasts. I can see it. Yeah, why no. would it? How can you listen to it? Like anyone, this is why you guys love doing a two-hour podcast. Or Jamie does is because you listen to it on two times speed, so <laughs> only an hour long. I, I, yeah, I don't mind people having that option. <clears throat> I think the idea of making this podcast an hour long rather than two hours long would be very appealing to some people, and we probably sound like we know what we're talking about. Even better, you forget as fast. You forget it goes the other way around. You could uh, play it at zero point two five times speed, and uh, you know, elongate your pleasure, as it were. That's my challenge to at least one listener or viewer, I guess, this this week to watch this entire podcast from now to the end at 0.25 times speed and document your reaction. God, can you imagine? That'd be mental. Uh, The last thing, fellas, I want to talk about with the cyberpunk stuff is I'm just glad that they showed off some of their skill trees and the customization. It looks so fucking sick, dude. Like all the different clothes you can wear. And I don't know. I, I don't know, maybe it is that time that they've just had to delay it and polish it and whatever, but shit just looks like it's gelling think, so well in that game. I think 
it's also that sometimes those more gamey elements or what we identify as more gamey elements are yeah. kind of like the connective tissue between everything else we've seen. When you think about Cyberpunk, we've seen so much walking and talking. We've seen so much like dialogue and conversation sequences. <clears throat> we've seen a lot of driving and combat and stuff like that. But you don't, for all the hours of combined Cyberpunk you've seen, you never feel like you've seen someone play the game. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And as yeah. dumb as yeah. it sounds, sometimes menus and character customization and skill trees are, like I said, that connective tissue that make that thing feel more real. And that was the strength of, I think, the Night City Wire, which I didn't love all of, and maybe we can get to why in a sec. Oh. But um, especially, like you said, Chris, that gameplay <clears throat> trailer is just a really strong note to end on as like a one last hurrah and one last kind of statement as to why this is a game that people should be looking forward to, and in most yeah. cases are. And still coming out uh, December 10th, because in Night City Wire, they must have had those that fucking cyberpunk end board with that date on like three or four times. It's like, okay, I get it. I get it. You don't want to delay the game anymore. I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> imagine how fucking, like, not, uh, imagine, obviously you've got the whole, all the teams, the developers and, you know, PR, blah, 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 blah. But then you've got that, that poor Holly Bennett girl who has to sit there every month or whatever it is and smile and know that she is the face of a broadcaster, like eventually millions of people and having to kind of like be like, yep, optimistic, still going, here we are. Yeah, it's kind of mad. Uh, Okay, but Jamie, you said that there was uh, not all highlights for you, so... (laughs) Look, I'm going to get some stick for this, but I wouldn't be being honest if I didn't just say it. I think the idea of Johnny Silverhand is really fucking cool. I think getting Keanu Reeves to play him is really fucking cool because guess what? Keanu Reeves is really fucking cool. But we would be kidding ourselves if we didn't acknowledge that sometimes, even in some of his better work, Keanu Reeves kind of doesn't do it. (laughs) doesn't sound right. (laughs) And I think that Johnny Silverhand is one of the roles where Keanu Reeves doesn't sound right. And every line read, I'm like... I'd have probably asked him to do that again. <laughs> I, I kind of, I think I know what you mean in, in the sense of sometimes you know you can say in some of his films he's he's a bit wooden or he's a bit he doesn't put as much emotion and stuff into a lot of things as other actors might. But what I thought was interesting about the behind the scenes for this was watching the performance. It was like the performance he was giving it everything, and then when he's doing his line reads for me, it was he is Keanu Reeves in this. He's, he's Keanu, he's Johnny Silverhands playing Keanu Reeves. Like it's the other yeah, way around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, and so if he sounds like Keanu Reeves and he looks like Keanu Reeves, I feel like that's what they've but, tried to get. But what if I were to tell you that Keanu Reeves is a boring individual? I don't think he's a boring individual. Like I, I like, I like Keanu Reeves. I like the films he's in. I think he's, um, him being him in this totally works for me. Like, I, I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. And they could have got, um, a much more like emotive actor to play it and they, you know someone a bit more manic um i thought it was interesting actually they said that they when they were talking about who they were gonna um get to be in the film they i thought it was going to be a situation where they said it was always made for keanu yeah, the dude yeah. was like we cast a huge net we were like <laughs> looking uh, loads of different people um interestingly when they said because uh, I was going to ask you guys, um they said that they even considered bringing back a dead a recently dead rocker yeah. Uh, big influential rocker and that would have been pretty cool but also might have been a bit 
iffy. But who do you guys? Did, did you did you, you take it as being for? a rocker? I just thought they just took it as like a uh, a person, I took it as a, like a rock star, a, a celebrity or personality. Because then I was thinking okay. like, now I was thinking like, oh yeah, like fucking J- James Gandolfini or some shit. Oh, oh right, okay. <laughs> like any dead person. When Jonesy said like a dead musician, I mean this would be impossible. But if you were thinking about like a quirky personality who had acting experience, David Bowie would have it be an interesting person to have live Ooh. in your head. See, I, w- I would have gone. He for, would be brilliant. If, if we're going musicians, I would have said uh, Kurt Cobain. I was thinking Kurt Cobain. Yeah, Kurt, that yeah, would so be cool. when they you know said what? it, I immediately thought Kurt Cobain. I don't know how. It, yeah, some people would not be happy about that. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but. Uh, it would be interesting to say the least. I, yeah. I, I, to go, but to go back to what we were saying, I just think that Keanu Reeves is one of those actors that every now and then, no matter how good the material he's working with or the project <clears> he's in is, like the facade fades away, and I'm just seeing Keanu Reeves, who yeah. comes across as a bit of a wooden, sort of sterile guy a lot of the times, and that happens quite a lot when I hear Johnny Silverhand dialogue. That's fair. Yeah, and that's I, fair. and that if and yeah, it's one of those fair. things where if he's in too much of that game, it is a it is something of a concern for me. Yeah. It, I don't know if you guys picked this up, but it seems that there may be some flashbacks or some sequences where you actually play as Johnny Silverhand. It's, yeah, it seemed like it didn't. You've it? got his kind of POV going on there, which is pretty could, could be could There's be pretty also- cool. There's also the flip though, because I think they also they he outright said it in the trailer, which is um if Johnny Johnny Silverhand can take control of your body. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And if because he, he says if I want to control your body, I'm going to do it. And so I I wonder if you get both of those things. So yeah, you get the flashbacks and you get him taking control of you. Yeah. Which is why I said it, it was an interesting thing for me because I kind of get the impression. You know when you see a movie poster and it said, um, what, what do they say? They say like introduced by uh, Quentin Tarantino or oh yeah, yeah. Um, presented by. Whereas they've got nothing to do with it, but they're just kind of attached in a weird way. Yeah. Um, I did wonder if it's going to be the case that <clears throat> there's a small section of V's arc which is to do with Johnny Silverhand and actually it's not a thing through the whole game it's not like a because I but, almost felt like they were trying to make like I, a fight club-esque kind of thing but I don't know why you kind of thought that though interact. because previously like, I just not, wondered I just wondered I was just I was into, I was just like oh are they gonna do that yeah but or previously when they were talking about the game? overarching story they were like no it's all centered around Johnny Silverhand so I don't I, I don't know why I felt then it just it seemed like yeah. a bit of a I don't know I don't know, but it's, I, I I see what Jamie means about yeah. him being maybe not quite right, but I suppose because I'm a bit of a Keanu Reeves fanboy, like yeah. that, for me, that hey, works. So People <laughs> have heard us talk about The Matrix enough to know that we all, we all like Keanu Reeves and love a lot of his work as well, but uh, like I said, every now and then I just listen to him and I'm like, like it, it happened quite a lot. And Do you guys see Toy Story 4? No, no I missed so, it. So, okay, well, Toy Story 4... Uh, Keanu Reeves is in it and he plays if I'm remembering it right he plays obviously a toy version of a Canadian take on Evil Knievel the gimmick being he's this kind of shit talking stuntman who actually gets really scared just before he's actually got to do the stunts he's meant to do and (laughs) every now and then it's really good because obviously it's got that Pixar writing and it's clever and it's funny and it's witty and sometimes it works but also every now and then you're like that's Keanu Reeves doing a line he should have done again that's Keanu Reeves, like. But but you almost. I'm, I'm, I'm that, being like, serious. I'm being serious. If, you're, no, okay, no, I, I, if anyone wants it, a more it. immediate example, there's a SpongeBob film. Whatever the most recent SpongeBob film is, 
I don't know if it ever came out, but go and watch the trailer for it. And there's a sequence where there's like some blending of animation and live action. And like you see Keanu Reeves' head inside like a bush or something like that. I can't remember what the gag is, but there's some gimmick where it's like real life Keanu Reeves in the SpongeBob film. Go and watch that and listen to the way he delivers that line. And it's like, you would get him to do it again. Why wouldn't you? Right. I don't know. I I almost want to pull it up while I'm, while we're (laughs) live, but I can't. No, no. But I think. I think it's one of those things where it's like where it's like it's fucking Keanu Reeves. I can't ask him to do another fucking take. You know, what what do you mean this is fucking Keanu Reeves? No, because because then it gets into almost like a Clem Fandango kind of thing. And if you know, you know. So yeah, but like we, I like how we say like, oh, this is fucking Keanu Reeves. Like Keanu Reeves has spent his life doing good films. He's done more bad films than anything else. We just like them. But that, 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 that's kind of what counts. So, like, I was gonna, I've, I have a weird thing with Keanu Reeves where I like nearly everything he's been in, even the stuff that people think is trash. Like, I actually quite like them, just because they're. I don't know why, yeah. but he's always. He Jonesy, go, go on, Jonesy, hold on. Sorry, go on. Show, show everyone your Johnny Mnemonic tattoo. Come on. <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking Johnny Mnemonic as you said that. What's the thing? Is anybody order a pizza? <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic's the one with the fit, the dolphin, isn't it? Where they the dolphin at the end, yeah. And it's super smart. Yeah, and, and isn't like, it uh, like the, the, chip, the chip he's got in his head? It's like, whoa, 16 megabytes. It, yeah, it's, it's from that sort of era where they were blown away by uh, yeah, barely anything. But no, but he's. I think at this point in his career, you hire him to be himself. Yeah. I was thinking it's, it's, there's other actors who do the same thing, <clears> but we let them get away with it more because them. I think because they're more emotive people. So, for example, Will Smith, I think, is a, is very good in any of the animated things I've seen him in. But actually, and, and movies as well, he's often just himself. He's yeah. just, like, going to be a bit yelly <laughs> and be a bit, yeah. like, over the top. Yeah. But you know that that's him, that's Will Smith. He's he, You pay him to be Will Smith. I think he's even got a team of writers who All rewrite right. parts to make them more Will Smith. Quick. So if Keanu Reeves is going to be Keanu Reeves if you hire him. Quick question for not, you guys. He's not Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> or uh, Tom Hardy. Well, yeah, okay, so that's a, that's a quick question for you guys. If it wasn't Keanu Reeves, who would you go for? Oh, my, my money would shit. be on Nicolas Cage because... You know, chew, no, chew, oh, chew, chew all that, chew all that scenery. Because here's, here's the thing about Nick Cage is Nick Cage is just as wildly inconsistent when it comes to the objective quality of his performances. <laughs> but I don't think Nick Cage is ever no, no, just... No, no, no. Nick Cage is just wildly inconsistent as a human being. Yeah. But, that's, but that's the thing I was going to say. I don't think you could ever accuse Nick Cage of just being Nick Cage because there is no Nick Cage. Whereas there is a Keanu Reeves. There is no Nick Cage. That's the Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, like you don't know what you're going to get, but you're never going to get him because there is no... That doesn't mean anything with him. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I like the idea with Nicolas Cage that he doesn't actually exist until a director invokes his name three times while sticking <laughs> into a mirror. And then he appears. He just, like, forms out of the air and then he's in your film. And you've got... You can't direct him. He just does whatever he does. But there, there's a great episode of Community, I think, where... Um, Arbed is trying to figure out if Nick Cage is like the best actor ever or, oh, the, or the worst. worst yeah. <laughs> and he can't, and he, it's an unanswerable question. And he starts going a bit crazy about it, it, doesn't it? Like, like the, the question is yes. really bothering him. <laughs> yeah. We'll like, break him, won't it? If he, if he actually, fi- he can't figure it out. It's like a undecipherable thing. And he has to just give up in the end and say, it's an, it's a paradox. He's yeah. both. But yeah. Who, yeah. what alternatives can you guys offer? Can I, can I put a, a... I thought it's when you said Kirk Cobain. I mean, it's a bit of an obvious one, but who would look the part if they want him to look like um, uh, the, the Keanu Reeves thing and also brings a bit more fire to a role um, if he if he's even done films. I don't know if he has. But, um, uh, oh God, what's his name? 
Jeez, help me out. Kurt, Kurt, the guy in Nirvana with Kurt Cobain. Dave, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. That's a great shot, actually. And he, he has Dave been Grohl a, been cool. Dave Grohl was the devil in uh, Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny. He was. He actually also he also played himself in um, uh, Bill and Ted Three. Oh, nice! And oh, there you go. A tiny little, uh, a tiny little part. Yeah, bit of a connection there. But yeah, that's a great shot. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can see it. Do you have anything, Chris? Go on. I, I, I said Nick Cage. It's you now. Oh, was that your shout? Okay. Well, I, no, I was just trying to bide my time because I don't have anything. Um, <laughs> Jim Carrey. <laughs> Jim oh, come Carrey. on. That is such no. a cop out. You're such a cop out, honestly. He's just, it's, you it's, know. I'm trying to think because the problem is without playing the game, you don't know what they're trying to go for. I mean, you can guess. Um, but it's a bit of a strange one. What yeah. about like mid 90s era Tim Curry? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> it himself. Yeah. It would be interesting for the voice, I guess, if nothing else. Space. <laughs> it's, it, it, yeah, I can't. Re- it's, it's hard to think of anyone who. Uh, there's one other thing which I thought, though, watching the Night City Wire, which I want you guys to go back and see if you think the same thing. Shaved and with his hair scraped out of his face, you know, because uh, he's in oh, a yeah, low cap yeah. suit. Um, he, uh, Nick, Ca- Nick Cage, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Keanu Reeves does look a bit like slightly slimmer Val Kilmer. <laughs> slightly slimmer just, Val Kilmer. There's a cut of, or a lot slimmer Val Kilmer. There's a couple of shots from the side where he just looks like Val Kilmer. I mean, I'll, 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 have, I'll have to go back and, and watch. Uh, it, is, it <laughs> wow. weird, is it weird that I don't know what slim Val Kilmer looks like anymore? Like I can't picture slim. Go, I, I go just, and watch, go and watch The Saint. No. Okay. Fine. <laughs> no. Anyway, Cyberpunk, I can't fucking wait. Hopefully not another delay. And uh, I think when that game comes out, fellas, um, I might not be able to do a podcast with you guys. So, you know. Just is that, me, is, is that me, you getting I'll, your excuses I'll, in early? You're just going to sit it out? Maybe. Because uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be sat at my, my desk like this, <laughs> just doing my Kenbone. Uh, I'm playing my game. <laughs> But yeah, you know. Anyway, um, but you guys. Uh, oh, so one one other sort of slight crossover thing I was I was going to mention is I think there's a, we've talked a bit about the best way to play uh, Cyberpunk. Um, having played PlayStation Five for the first time yesterday, I am hyped for how that game is going to look <laughs> on current gen. Current gen, um, sixty frames a second, four K HDR. I think it's going to look incredible. You, you've just pulled a bunch of facts out of your ass. <laughs> what you just you how can you say 4k 60 frames a second hdr we have no idea what specifications that game is going to run come to on okay on next even gen if they... consoles because also we don't even know when the next gen patch is going to be out it was let's assuming we're like saying like february maybe of next year february to march of okay so we're, we're guessing to. the date we're guessing the resolution anything else we you want to guess up. on the high end jonesy do you know what? I'm even going to go as far to say that it's going to copy what the uh, the same sort of way that they've done it with games like um, that I played yesterday, Demon Souls and Spider-Man Miles Morales, where oh. there'll be a 30 frames a second um, more cinematic nope. f- um, option. Nope. And then there'll be the 60 frames a second, uh, you know, or you can play it in this, but it's going to have a slightly tweaked down I would, graphics. I would be very, very, very impressed if there was something re- like uh, resembling a performance mode 
once even once the next gen patches have arrived uh, you know, at an I, I reckon date next year. No, but you, my, you've my, just you've my, just said my, it, Jamie. My, I think the performance mode will be the previous gen version of the game. No, that, we've already that, seen that. We've already we've already seen the game running in backwards compatibility mode on Xbox Series X. Like, yeah, they're, they're yeah. not going to magically double the frames on one of the most, if not the most demanding game <laughs> that's at, like maybe ever. I think they will. Point. Like. I think they will for Netflix. Uh, do you want to know my guess? My guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go on. Even with the the uh, the patch, the baseline for the PS4 and the X, PS5 and the Xbox Series X, excuse me, will be an adaptive resolution yeah. that targets and occasionally hits a native 4K and a mostly locked 30 frames a second. I can see why they would do that. Because and it's interesting because playing Spider-Man, I've I've opted to play at thirty frames a second because I prefer how it looks. And I don't, I think, actually think it's a bit odd when you play at sixty frames a second. Demon Souls, I have the reverse. I prefer that sixty frames a second and having it on performance as opposed to graphical. But my thing with Cyberpunk is you're going to want to take advantage of how that game looks. But some people, when you're driving around the city and things, are going to get annoyed if it's not at sixty. So this is why I think they might have I, to do. I, like, I, I think anyone who owns a console. And has any expectation that Cyberpunk in on any platform or any version of it will run at sixty only has themselves to blame. We've spent the last seven years playing games at thirty frames a second. If we're lucky, like <laughs> The Witcher Three, we spent most of it playing at twenty-two frames a second. And now we think Cyberpunk, that uh, allegedly failed certification on some platforms, <laughs> is going to run at sixty. Like, where's yeah, it coming in, from? In current gen, if it can run in a previous gen at thirty, then I don't see why they couldn't have a performance version that runs at 60 in current gen we'll have to wait and see it's possible can i make can i say can i make another spicy comment not necessarily about cyberpunk but about something just jonesy just touched on it's becoming increasingly common with these next gen consoles i don't like having the choice between performance or fidelity because i have a thing in my brain that tells me no matter which one i choose i'm making a concession and i don't want to have to do that well, I got some bad news for you, Jamie. Yeah. I think this whole console generation is going to be about that choice and that distinction. So I think I think, you, I think you're in for a rocky ride. a rocky ride, my friend. Based on um, what we've seen so far, yeah. But yeah, so Jonesy, you you touched on the PlayStation Five, and obviously you've got a PlayStation Five. Jamie, you've got a PlayStation Five. Chris does not have a PlayStation Five. But let's get onto that in a bit because I just want to take a little bit of a break, a little bit of a pause here, just to mention our lovely, lovely patrons the people that help this show be the best that it can be and allows us to talk you know five minutes of bullshit before actually mentioning that we're a gaming podcast and kind of manage it in a way um so you know if you would like to support us please head on over to patreon.com forward slash super show we've got a whole bunch of different tiers starting from as little as two dollars which gets you access to our discord server our minecraft server our spotify playlist etc 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 and you can chat to us we're we're there all the time uh, and you know it obviously ranges up for some behind the scenes and uh, extra patreon exclusive podcasts um and what we did for them last week was um early access to one of our latest videos, which is not a podcast, but actually a little bit of a a curated edit about a great Star Wars game. So, you know, check that out on the channel. But yeah, if you want to head on over to patreon.com forward slash super show and show your support, much like these people have. And, you know, we are very thankful for all of our patrons and just got a few shout outs to give. Talking about AIM, Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Brett Z, Freddie K Official, Haxel Book Read, Jesper Camdon Nielsen, 
Liam Moga, Lonnie Thompson, Manuel Guerrero, Martin Skihan, Mindful Pig, Nathan Pierce, Scary Omen, Starfall Kid, and the two big boys. Love them so much. Peaswad and the Dude Abides. Thank you, each and every one of you, and some people who we have not mentioned as well. You know, from $2 up, we could not be doing this without your support. So just want to say thanks. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. And uh, speaking of that video that just went up, I have a, a comment of the week here, fellas, from Cameron Irvine. Great video, Chris. Been a new Canon junkie since Rogue One and have only recently gone back to experience games like this and the KOTORs of the world. Really surprised how great they've been. I'm happy we at least have Delta Squad in canon thanks to the Clone Wars and we've got to play as a commando in Battlefront 2. Makes me hopeful we'll get more of them in the future. So the video that I was alluding to was all about Republic Commando, which is one of my favorite Star Wars games out there. Um, check it out. Only asking for seven minutes of your time. You know? uh, if you're watching this, go watch that afterwards. It's a good time. You know what? what did you guys think of the, it's a very good video. Think of the video? Thank you. I'm going to put my reputation on the line and say I give mm. the video the seal of approval. Wow. Nice. Thumbs up. Uh, yeah, I no, like I, it. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a very good video, Chris. Very well done. Um, a game that I hadn't played. I've now played a bit of it, actually. Um, until uh, Did you? Did, you, brought my attention did you play to it? Yes, Jonesy. That's what I like to hear. I did. I thought, um, I thought I'd give it a little go because I hadn't even heard of it. And I used to be big into sort of Star Wars uh, spin-off games. Um, yeah. So yeah, I thought I thought I'd give it a go, and no, it, it's still enjoyable. I got it on Steam for like I don't think it was very expensive, like seven pounds. Like, so. Yeah, yeah, it's cheap. Uh, it's a great game. Uh, check it out. But uh, the the reason why we're kind of doing this is because we want to. You know, we've been touching on it before, but we want to like branch out into doing some more traditional content, like we used to do on the all uh, time gaming days. Uh, not necessarily six lists, although hopefully we can manage one or two before the year is out. Um, but yeah, you know, the if you want us to do more content like that, the best thing to do is to watch it, even if you might not be interested in the subject, so that we can get an indication that like, hey, you want us to continue doing these kinds of things. Because I'll be honest with you, making that little seven minute video takes a lot longer than recording and editing this two potentially two hour podcast. It's a strange thing, but that's that's just how it goes. Um, but yeah, Jonesy, you did one on a horror game, which you mentioned before, which you can no longer play because it's been yanked from shelves. And I don't know what the next one is going to be. I've got a few ideas percolating myself, but uh, I know Jamie and Jonesy also have some ideas. So, you know, vote, vote with your views is all I'm going to say there. Um, all right, fellas, look, <sighs> you both got PS5s. I am very jealous. So PS5s came out yesterday in the UK or... The day before yesterday, by the time... No, yesterday, by the time you're listening to this. Jamie's got his uh, his kawaii look on his face because uh, he's probably been gaming until until the sun's gone down. Um, nope, I, I had work to do. I was editing <laughs> until 6 a.m. and I've had three hours sleep. Oh, that stings. Uh, those, are, those are facts. That stings. Sorry, dude. Uh, but Jonesy, what I really loved about yesterday was the fact that you streamed a shit ton of the PS5 experience yesterday from Astro's Playroom to Demon Souls to Miles Morales. So why don't we start with you and your, your kind of impressions on it? Obviously, we don't need to go too in-depth, okay, because a lot of PS5 stuff is out there already. But yeah, just your, your take on the, on things. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, I streamed for five hours in the end, so I, I wanted to cover off 
um, my sort of first experience with it and uh, started with Astro's Playroom, which I think is, I think people have probably said online already, is a great little uh, introduction to the, the, the what the PlayStation 5 can do when it comes to things like haptic feedback, the way that they're integrating the DualSense controller. Um, <clears throat> it's and actually, it's actually quite a cute little platformer. They've done quite a lot with it. There's actually a surprising amount of content in there. Jamie and I were, um, before we recorded this, we were taking a look at a new feature they have on the UI where you can see how long you've actually spent playing games um you know in their right, entirety yeah. and i've i've spent four hours playing astro's playroom um tomorrow <laughs> nice. and a bit of today uh but yeah it's it's a it's a fun little game and it really does get you give you an idea of the um the haptic feedback and how that could work and the the, the what, what do they call them the triggers the force feedback or something i don't know so like haptic feedback and adaptive triggers adaptive, adaptive triggers yeah adaptive triggers um jonesy are they wild do you know it, so okay there's something interesting that i found with it i was playing yesterday with my headphones <laughs> on because i'm i was streaming and it and that was a better way to do it the controller has a speaker built into it much like the last controller had and when i had my headphones on it was fine like i could feel a lot of stuff going on and it was and it was um it was it was pretty cool but it I didn't quite have a, oh, this is wild. This is a game changer kind of feeling. <laughs> Later on that day, after I was streaming, I played it without my headphones on. And because of the speaker and the things that yeah. were coming out of it, it kind of gave me a different experience, which I wasn't expecting. Okay. So uh, there's a bit where you can skate around on ice and walk through this crunchy snow yeah. and you're getting rain fall on your umbrella as you're walking around. And you can feel those things, which is fine. But when you tie the sound into it as well, it kind of may, it reinforces the feel, the feeling, yeah. which is an interesting thing. And it makes it, it seems like a much more, uh, what's the word, like uh, an involved experience, which I quite okay. like. Which how, I didn't get how was I the, my headphones on. I don't know why. How's the quality of that little speaker? Because the, the PS4 controller speaker is maybe one of my most... Oh, it's not great. It's like a mobile phone speaker. It's like a... Yeah, but the PS4 one was like a fucking tinny piece of shit. I hate it. I hate it with a bat. This, this is better. This is better than that. But it's it, again, it's only doing it to add, I think, another dimension to the to what you're feeling. I think it, it, it creates Fair. a different sort of immersion effect. Yeah. And it works. It absolutely works. They did do a thing where you can blow on the microphone in the controller, kind of oh, 3DS yeah. style. Oh, yeah. And you can blow... Um, there are like fans in Astro's Playroom that if you blow them, they... But again, a lot of this stuff, they're never going to use it in games in the sense that they've used That's it. That's the fucking problem, be... isn't it? Apparently, the, the company that did the adaptive triggers and the haptic feedback is the same company that did HD Rumble for, for Nintendo right. in a, in a see, very interesting kind of like fucking parallel way. It's it's fine. Like it's it was, you know, it was it was good. I liked it. It's a very it, it's very sensitive, and you can feel a lot through the controller. But again, I don't. At the end of the day, like, is it really going to be that a bigger thing yeah. when you're trying to play like some FPS game at 100 and, you know, <laughs> 120 frames a second, but 60 frames a second, and you're trying to like yeah. get headshots and do whatever? I don't think people are going to be. I've, I've read about, uh, I, so I've triggers. Read, I've read a, I've read a ton of reviews on PlayStation Five and the controllers, etc., and the games, whatever. And I was very surprised to find that one or two of those reviewers actually said that they disliked the uh, haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers because. It, what they were saying is that like it, it it's almost it's too much when you just you just want to play a game and it's almost like a constant reminder with the haptic feedbacks in particular that it's like oh shit I'm 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 not getting as immersed as I would be because this thing in my hand just keeps on fucking doing crazy shit I, I thought that was a really interesting take <laughs> right. so I, I don't know like I wonder I wonder if further down the line in this uh, 
in the PlayStation 5's uh, lifespan where they have kind of like a slider where it's like, oh, how, how much do you want the, these haptic feedbacks, you know? Yeah. I, c- I can see it being used occasionally in games sp- in, on specific things. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I can't see it being... I can't see it being ever utilize as much as they've used it in Astro's Playroom. Like, cause that was yeah. to show it off and it was very cool. Yeah. That's but, the showcase. Um, yeah, exactly. All right. Think, Jonesy, talk, uh, talk, talk to me about Miles Morales quickly, because I want to leave, I want to leave your Demon's Souls impressions for last in your segment. Uh, Miles Morales is very cool. It's, it looks fantastic. It plays, I would say it feels like a, at the moment, it feels like a, a sort of stripped down version of Spider-Man in some sense. It doesn't feel like it's okay. going to be as full a title as that because it's not, like they haven't said it is. Yeah. Some of the, yeah. you sort of get through the skill tree pretty quickly and the story doesn't feel like it's going to be as big and overarching. But actually him as a character, like I really like, I like how he plays, I like how he feels. They've done a nice number of touches to how that character so how he even spins through the world he has a bit more of like a because he's quite a young guy and he's a bit more like yeah. long of limb and he has a he's a little bit more not gangly but he seems a bit more unsure of himself when he's spinning <laughs> around which you would expect he's yeah he's, he's, he's like new it's almost like spider-man year one right like getting to grip, yeah, exactly getting to grips sure. with everything yeah um i don't like what they've done to peter parker in this game he looks weird <laughs> like, he looks as old as miles morales they look the same age and get I'm, the fuck out of here they do. There's a you, scene when you you've first forgotten start that what game. kids you've forgotten what kids look like. No, no. There's a bit where Miles Morales is on screen with Peter Parker in the beginning of this, and they're next to each other, and they both take their masks off, and they look the same age. Like it looks weird. Disagree. Yeah. He, I mean, he is meant you to be. A, you haven't uh, played it yet. I've I, I've seen I've seen I know what you're talking. Play about. it. Play it, and when you watch it, you'll I think you'll go, wow, he does look a lot younger than he looked. I think he looks younger than he did look. They've, how they've changed it. Oh, you definitely. No, I think uh, he definitely it's, looks it's a, younger. Yeah, he does. He looks a lot younger. I think, but um, no, very cool. Really enjoying it. Uh, having a great time with it. Okay, come um, on, Demon Souls. This is what I want to hear about because famously you've said that you hate Souls games and you just can't get into them and they're too hard and you don't have the patience and you suck at them. So yeah, how how was your experience into the OG Souls type. <laughs> okay. Really shit in one sense because of how bad I am, but very, very good in another. Like it feels, the game looks and feels brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's odd to get used to the way that that get, how you move in that game. Like the, it feels yeah. like some of your inputs are delayed compared to you literally play so, miles morales and you play demon souls and it's odd yeah it's, it's so very odd. i was i was watching your stream where you were coming up against that issue and you thing you have to remember with demon souls is or, or well souls games in general is if you press an input button your dude needs to do that input before another input takes place you can't you, right uh, jamie what's the what's the word for that it was um there's like a specific phrasing for that especially where you have to wait for your movement to finish before another command takes place. Whereas in some other games, you could press like, let's say a light attack. And then if you press heavy attack, it'll just stop doing the light attack and do the heavy attack. So in Souls games, it's very much like you need to follow through on the movement that you're doing before you can do the next one. And that's how sometimes you can fuck up in Souls games because you do a heavy attack, but you don't have the timing right, but you can't cancel it. 
Right. Whereas I'm used to games where you you, still, you <laughs> literally wrap light attack and then he does one light attack and then you quickly wrap something else yeah, and then he does yeah. that. Whereas this, you have to be more considered. But actually the timing and the, the feel and the weight of the game and swinging like a broadsword and, you know, smashing down someone's head and, and it feels fantastic. Um, there's a few things which felt a little like, I don't know, I don't know why, but let's say like you see someone's uh, goes to hit you and they miss and then you get their back. I think in most games, if you then hit attack, you would do like the behind them finisher. In this, it felt quite off. You have to be in a very specific place, close right, yeah. enough, in a, a tiny little box in order for that to happen. Sometimes I seem to do, I instead of stabbing someone, I do like a little punch. And I've got like, <laughs> I've got no idea how I did that. I don't know if that's a thing I'm <laughs> supposed to time better. And it's, it's, it's though I just have to get used to it. I, yeah. yeah, I spent about two hours playing that game and I just went the wrong way the whole time. I was convinced I was supposed to fight this one dude. <laughs> who was insanely hardcore and he kept killing me in one hit. Um, and then right at the end of my playthrough, I found another door and was like, oh, I've done exactly what we did playing Dark Souls that time when we kept fighting the wrong guy. Oh, Dark Souls 2, um, where we just kept on going to the dragon and it's just like kept on chipping yeah. our health off. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really keen to get back into it. Um, I, I want to play some more of that game. And it looks cool. amazing. If there's, it, funnily enough, any re- anything that makes me feel like I'm missing out on the PS5 the most, it's Demon Souls. It just looks Every- so gorgeous, and it, it looks like it, it does, plays it amazingly. Does. Yeah, and but like I said, for weirdly for me, I've gone, I've opted for the performance mode in yeah. Demon Souls, and then the graphical mode in uh, Miles Morales, which is maybe the opposite to what you'd think. But <laughs> yeah, 60- I'd expect opposite. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Is this the 60 frames a second is much more noticeable in Demon Souls because you yeah. need to be able to turn and look and get and see what people are doing whereas in miles morales it's such a frantic game where you're swinging the camera around and you're yeah di- it, i maybe just didn't felt like it kind of makes sense kind of makes sense yeah um okay, but nice. my whole experience has been phenomenal the ui um we had a bit of a you know we were talking of trying to read too much into stuff in the playstation 5 ui <laughs> the ui is, is very very good um Love it. The cards thing, even though weren't too sure about them, Jamie and I were talking about them again before um, we came on here, and they work fantastically well in Astro's Playroom, which we've done so far. The way yeah. you can pull up um, <clears throat> little video hints to show you where some things are that you want to find in a game, or you can hop back into a level's fantastic. Yeah, like completely slick experience, top to nice. bottom. Really enjoyed it. All right. And, and then Jamie, oh, yeah. <laughs> I did do a video on my Twitter because you can, in fact, use the... Uh, uh, I, did, I added Jamie as well because you, uh, with me trying, legitimately was the first time I tried it, plugging in a PlayStation 4 controller, turning the, um, mm. uh, the, using the power button for the first time and then moving around in the menus. And it does work in the menus, it does. Wow, interesting. I so haven't tried it in a game. I should have tried it in a game. Okay, but so you would say then that a PS4 controller does work on the PS5? We well we change we well no, actually I don't know if we specifically did but yeah we changed it to say like that would be the the test and I said if it works in that I would say fair enough and it does work yeah. so yeah I even I even had this ready just in case <laughs> <laughs> oh look I've got mine's not in the box really. oh nice got mine as well. so hold on so so Jonesy have you have you sent is is that the controller that you've sent Jamie or or is Jamie's no no, no, no it's Jamie's, it's, this is a, this is a spare I think we actually said at some point that I wouldn't take a Control off Jonesy because 60 quid seemed a bit mad for a throwaway bet for as much YouTube content as we actually got out of it. I think I think I eventually whittled it down to some food and or drink 
at nice. some point. So uh, yeah, I think I'll be claiming that we, in the near future. When we he meet won up, the bet. Right? Put it that way. He he won the bet anyway. Let's well, put it like that. There we go. There we go. That's oh. that's all that matters really. I've got my pride intact. <laughs> I don't need anything else. Yeah. All right, Jamie. Well, I mean, it doesn't sound like you've had a lot of time to play with the PS5, but uh, do you, you got anything to add to what Jonesy's had to say? Um, yeah, you know what, you know, just accents, details, I guess, to what Jonesy said, rather than you know adding a new bullet point yeah, to yeah, the list. Yeah. I will say that um, on the controller stuff, which I think there's the most discussion to be had, the haptics were encouraging, but. It's interesting you point out that it's the same manufacturer as the people that did the HD Rumble for Switch. <laughs> it, don't read anything online that makes you think you're going to feel a new sensation that you've never felt before. This is a wild. just a, a... No, no. It's, no, Jamie, it's, not, it's, it's wild. It's wild sometimes, and you can't tell anyone otherwise, okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Sometimes, in combination, as Jonesy pointed out, with the right environment, so getting maybe the audio cues out of the controller as well, playing the right game and the right effect from that game at the time... It's a very effective. I personally found it more effective, weirdly enough, the more subtle it was, yeah. like the pitter-patter of Astro's footsteps as opposed to like the <laughs> when he's going down a slide. Yeah, was, yeah. I know that's a horrible sound effect that everyone just had to experience, <laughs> but my, there you go. Um, likewise, uh, I played a little bit of Black Ops Cold War, and I can say oh, that nice, the, yeah. where they've used haptics for things like the the general vibration what would have once just been vibration when you're near a grenade going off for example yeah. feels a little bit like ah oh, you can just you can feel what this is in a way that's not mm. immersive at all the thing that um i not think immersive. is kind of neat not not, not yeah exactly the, the, the potential potentially not immersive it's going to vary okay. from game to game and like we said yeah, already like, like, in, what, in, more, in, like in what way in 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 so much as that, like, like you 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 recognise that you're feeling a weird kind of vibration that you register as different because it's not what you're used to feeling in your hands, but you don't register as being an extension of the game. And so it's kind of like what Jonesy, sorry, what you were saying, Chris, about even when it's really good, is yeah. that if something reminds you you've got something in your hands, then strictly speaking, by definition, it can't be immersive in terms of the game experience. Yeah. yeah. Like those are conflicting ideas. So yeah. what you're actually looking for is not something that gets your attention, but something that complements the experience. And sometimes it drifted from one to the other. For yeah. Me. Do you think that, that maybe that's that. a, uh, an issue between first party and third party titles, like third party titles, like, okay, so Activision, they're, they're making black ops, cold war for all platforms. So, they're not really, yeah. it's going to be like, oh, well, now we've got to do this haptic feedback for the PlayStation version. So just. Right. The thing that I will say, though, is actually more impressive to me than the haptics is the triggers. And simply because while the haptics are something we've got a placement for in terms of what, you know, experiencing that sensation in similar ways in other places, the triggers are really kind of unique. And I was. I was kind of like blown away when you have to first do the controller kind of demonstration yeah. as Astro in Astro's playroom where it makes you it shows you what the tension of the trigger is like and the the feeling of pulling past a bit of tension in something in the triggers is really kind of unique and I kind of love it um <laughs> and I, I haven't loved it in every usage, but for example, Black Ops Cold War has adaptive triggers on the guns, and the way it works is that, imagine you've got an MP5, you have no resistance to about halfway down, yeah. 
and about halfway down, there's a click, and then when you've clicked, it's like it's like going do 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 do, and I would turn it off for the multiplayer because I think it would reduce your time that you can get down to pulling the trigger down all the way. But I'm going to play the campaign with that on because it was kind of like this is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. Look, we we've got as you as we've hinted that we've got years to experience these ideas and how they're actually going to work in games, and it's so hard to do after playing. In my case, um, three hours of Astros and one hour of Black Ops. But these are in- encouraging concepts and encouraging implementations at this stage. And I just, fair play to PlayStation for doing something slightly different, um, Yeah, I guess. you know, And giving us something on a launch day of a new generation to be like, this isn't just a platform to play games. This is also like, we've got new experiences to talk about, which is what it's all about. I will say... I disagree with Jonesy on one element. Not a huge mm. disagreement, but I am not as positive on the, let's call it the UX. Oh, the user <laughs> experience. Okay. Exactly that, Chris. Um, have you guys heard of a game called Black Ops Cold War? <laughs> no. Yes. What's, what's that? It's uh, the latest in a long line of Call of Duty games, these first-person shooters based on you know, various <laughs> wars and military operations and you know, fictional takes on them. Yeah. Um, so, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have to say, say what I say, and, and people are going to have to... Th- I went to the PlayStation Store. <laughs> I bought Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is not available in just a PlayStation 5 version. It's available as a cross-gen version, essentially meaning that when you buy the PlayStation 5 version, whether you want to or not, you are buying the PlayStation 4 version as well. Yeah. When you buy it, the PlayStation goes, you've just bought the PlayStation 5 game and the PlayStation 4 game at the same time. They are both compatible with this system. So what are you going to do? Uh, and it offers you the thing of what you're going to download first. But, of course, Call of Duty is a game, as you guys might remember with Modern Warfare, that is split into components because it wants to yeah. allow you to uninstall various components. I yeah. saw a list of 12 items on the left side, and I just hit download all. Unbeknownst to me, that meant that I was downloading the PS4 and the PS5 version at the same time. <laughs> so I said, why have I got so many things why is in it my taking download so list? Long? <laughs> Well, exactly. Why is it taking so long? I go to my downloads list and I see two versions of everything, and I'm like, "Oh God, that's what's happening." It's downloading the PS4 version, not the PS and the PS5 version. I go back to the main dashboard. I go to the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War icon. I press options. I go to game version. I go to PS4 version of the Black Ops Cold War, Black Ops Cold War, because that's the way that PlayStation Five UI works. It stacks yeah. everything together if it's got the same fucking name. I press options. <laughs> I go to delete. Great. I've deleted the PS4 version of Black Ops Cold War. <laughs> you deleted of... both. No, I didn't. It's even worse no. than that. I go back to the download. I've deleted the application for the PS4 version of Black Ops Cold War. But what Black okay. Ops Cold War does is it downloads different implements, the different components, and those are not tied to either one of the platforms. So I look, I still have two versions of Campaign Pack 1, <laughs> two versions of Campaign Pack 2, two versions of Campaign, campaign Pack 3. And guess what? There's no way from the downloads menu of telling which one is for which platform. So I'm like, I, I, you, you really need to, I, I don't know. So I deleted everything Black yeah. Ops Cold War related yeah. off my PlayStation. I went into my game library. I specifically installed just the PlayStation 5 version. And you know what? I dodged a bullet because one of the most rampant bugs out there that PlayStation 5 users are experiencing. Oh, God, I almost ran out of breath. <laughs> it's called the... Sorry. 
That was funny. It's called it's called the I think it's called the queued for download bug. You can yeah. Google it if you're curious. If you download in the cases of games like Black Ops Cold War and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where you have no choice but to buy both at the same time, if you download the PS4 version first and then try to download the PS5 version on your PlayStation 5, it will not download. You will get a bug where it's constantly queued for download. The download never starts. And you know what the fix is? Recommended to, in this case that I was reading, IGN by Activision themselves, factory reset your PlayStation 5. Wow. So that is obviously a very unique example, but there are elements of the PlayStation 5 UI where Sony have tried to simplify things and in sort of... In taking this idea of like, hey, what if instead of having Modern Warfare Alpha, Modern Warfare Beta, Modern Warfare, blah, 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 you just had one tile and you went into a sub menu to choose which version you want. In my yeah. opinion, they've complicated things. There are other elements of things that are harder to find than they should be. I think parties, can, when you combine the changes they made on the PS4 about a month ago to the way the PS5 is set up, Parties are kind of weirdly hard to start, hard to tell what you're a part of, hard to dip in and out of voice chat. There are things about the UI that I think are harder to do than they should be. Uh, but maybe it's muscle memory. Maybe it's a case of us needing yeah. to get used to something. And UIs develop and improve over time. PS4s did. Xboxes tried to. Um, <laughs> Ooh. We'll Burn? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess we, we know as well from like uh, servers for games that um, devs will have the best intentions and, and think they've figured everything out, but there's no kind of trial by fire than just putting it out there into the world and having all of this feedback kind of thr- thrust upon you at once. So I'm sure, right, exactly. I'm sure yeah. Sony were like, hey, this user interface is great. And then it almost comes like, back as like, oh my God, everyone's shouting at me. <laughs> I've even heard some people speculating that, that they reckon this UI came out a little hot, if you know what I mean that these uh, ideas and bits and pieces that were being cobbled together very lately, very recently, yeah. sorry, excuse me, we know that people who in the press who got access to the consoles early were getting you know, patches and changes and firmware updates semi-regularly in some cases. Yeah. So, yeah. Can I also yeah. just say, before we move on, uh, Astro's mm. Playroom is, is a delight. And if you're buying yeah. a PS5, uh, either have one now or buying it in the future, you urge yourself to play it. Um, it's yeah. a... It's, really, it's the Wii Sports of 2020, right? In in some respects, in that it is kind of it is charming and it's a great uh, showcase for what the console and the controller you've just bought can do. But also, I will just say it's a really I think I described it to you guys as a charming love letter to all things PlayStation. And if you've owned any of the previous four home consoles, and certainly if you've owned the software for them, you'll see so much shit that makes you go, "Oh yeah!" And some of it is really impressively done. Uh, yeah. People will know what I'm saying when I say the ends of each of the stages uh, in, in all four cases, maybe even all four and a half cases, if you know what I mean, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, for anyone that's 100% in that game. Um, <laughs> really kind of cool, cool, smart ideas that are really nostalgic and fun and charming. Yeah. yeah. I, had, I enjoy, um, enjoyed playing uh, Guess the Game or Spot the Game as I was running yeah. through that. Oh, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. Thought was um, very cool. Yeah, I saw there was... Some Last of Us stuff. That I saw Vib Ribbon as well, which is pretty fucking cool. Vib Ribbon, yeah. Hell That's yeah. Uh, in one of the rocket levels. Yeah, nice. There's, it's weird because you sort of play, going through it um, the first time I'd noticed sort of one or two and then going back to sort of do some other collection stuff, um, I just noticed another five, six, seven, eight things that I didn't even notice the first time around. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. so cool. They've done that. Uh, some, mm, of them yeah, like, cool. uh, some of them are like, some of them are obscure. You're like, oh, what? 
What is that? <laughs> oh, loads. Loads of them. I had no idea. I'm like, I don't know what that is. I think it might be this, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember one that you got wrong, actually. Ah. Which, what was that? You, there was one you guessed was Fallout uh, or Fallout 4, but it was uh, The Order, 1886. Ah. It was a guy, oh, the the guy in a long coat was, with an electricity yes. gun. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Ah, right, okay. Oh, I didn't play eight. Chris, I, I played uh, 1886 about half an hour. So yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> a fairly big uh, and fairly obvious uh, Final Fantasy VII one in there for you. Which is yeah? Go, go yeah, on, give, you know, me, give me the rundown. Um, you know how on the main menu uh, it's just like uh, Cloud Sword like sticking out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have a bit on one of the levels where it's just cloud sword sticking out with the light shining on it, and there's oh, like nice. groups of people standing around it all getting excited. That's fucking cool. Nice. I, I like shit like that. Like, yeah, the the love letter thing. From all I've seen is like, yeah, just like the artifacts, isn't it? Where it's like, oh, here's a PS Vita and here's a PS4 oh, and the, and the artifacts are super high res, and you can zoom in on them, and even the <laughs> serial, even the serial numbers on the uh-huh. artifacts are are in jokes. Nice. Like if you translate letters into numbers and vice versa and stuff like that. And you can go to yeah. the place that's for some reason called Labo or Labo or whatever. I don't know why they call it that. <laughs> uh, apparently Nintendo didn't secure that trademark hard enough. But you can like <laughs> run around and like you can whack stuff and you can turn on consoles in that room and you can open disk drives and uh, just, cool. there's loads of really neat stuff. Well, you know, maybe maybe one sometime next year I'll get a PS5. Fuck, you know, who knows? Uh, in, in a way, I was I was quite happy that I didn't have to try and get a PS5 yesterday because by all accounts, I, I don't know what it was like in the States, but by all accounts, it was an absolute shambles to try and get your hands on a PS5 yesterday. Websites going down. Amazon was fucking crashing. Game was crashing. Curry's PC World. They sold a couple of... Uh, playstation's too early so then they cancelled all their sales um yeah. game and a, a delivery company called yodel were fucking up deliveries left right and center to the point where game themselves put out a statement saying that they couldn't deliver all of them because the box of the ps5 is too big <laughs> like yeah i'm sorry well, what? i suppose I, I suppose that is like a i guess that's where the delivery company say we thought they we were going to be this size. They're this size that we don't have that much space in our vans. We I mean, haven't got enough vans. I mean, you, you say that cash. though. You say that though, AJ. But they've had so much time. They knew the dimensions of those fucking boxes. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Game, I'm, game, I'm just trying to guess. Game, as to what game you know, did throw shade happen. at Yodel. Like Game did make a statement where they yeah. blamed Yodel, and Yodel made a counter statement, being like, "Fuck Game, we did nothing wrong." <laughs> it's actually fascinating. Yeah, it, it's it it's quite, mad. And and, and it was fun yeah, yesterday going I'm down. Glad, I'm glad I wasn't part of it. But as I say, it was fun going down to um, actually sort of pick up because I had to go down in person and do a, a collection outside the store for game um, near me. And seeing everyone walking away with those epic sized boxes, <laughs> I was like, I, th- I was trying to think like how many people are ahead of me in this queue? There's got to be like a hundred. Um, how many of those big ass boxes can they fit in their shop? Because they are big. Uh, and I was just trying to think, and then I look, look behind me and there's like a hundred <laughs> people behind me and I'm thinking they're going to get to a point where they run out of units just through sheer space and size that they can't, surely they can't possibly fit them all in. Yeah. But, um, you know, I hope that everyone did. I hope everyone got their units and I hope everyone was, was happy. But, um, Do you- yeah. So, uh, some people apparently not like, I think as we alluded to, um, <laughs> Quite a few, quite a few people either miss their delivery times or the delivery days have been pushed back. Um, I actually had someone who I know who was trying, who was waiting to pick one up um, yesterday, and he couldn't get one at all in online from anywhere, yeah. and I th- almost bought one for eight hundred quid online oh. because he just couldn't get one anywhere. He no, didn't in the end. Yeah, that's mental. I wouldn't. Doesn't matter how desperate you are, you fucking you're feeding the beast if you're doing that. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, but I think some people now are really worried that they're not going to see them until next year. And um, yeah, I, so it's I think kind of think, understandable in some respects. I think was it was what's the dude's name? Jim Ryan wasn't he saying that like all the stock is sold out now? Yeah, a lot of people are saying that it's all gone until until next year. Um, I don't know about next year. Mad, they, they'd be mad to not bring out more just like just for Christmas, right? But I guess it it depends. You know, we are in a still in a COVID world, fellas. So there you go. But, but uh, then you have to wonder, like, especially over here, like if, if lockdown is not ending until the beginning of December and all those units have been sold for pre-order in early December, then you have only you don't have long before Christmas anyway to get your order in. So, I mean, I could easily see it being early well, next year that you can get them delivered by. But I, mean, I, you know, may, I think that, right. let's hope. They, they know that they could still release another batch or another wave, whatever you want to call it, and they all they need is five minutes of internet time and then they've sold out that consignment. So it's not it's not really a question of like oh who, oh we don't want to get the stock because we don't know who's going to buy it for it's there's going to be sold like regardless no like, no sorry I mean the other way around like I can imagine that they they don't have the units to sell like yeah. they know that they would sell them but they just don't have the units so that they're trying yeah. to now play sort of chase with how many people want them and how many people how many they've got to sell and how many are in the manufacturing yeah. process and when you look at that timeline I wouldn't be surprised at all if you the next batch isn't ready until you know yeah it is it is kind of mad. Buy. Hey, I guess it just means a yeah. PS4 version of Mars Morales for me. Anyway, fellas, let me tell you what I've yeah. been playing, all right? Because I've been playing some more Sekiro over on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash hot panic. Uh, and uh, this time I, I took out the Divine Dragon. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know. I'm Scratching kind of, away at that game. Yeah, I'm kind of getting really back into it. But it, it's funny that now I'm at the tail end. And I think the only two bosses ahead of me are the uh, Demon of Hatred and Sword Saint Ishin, which is like, the two fucking hardest dudes in the game. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm, pr- I don't know. If any, I think the uh, Demon of Hatred is up next for me, so that's going to be my next stream. Uh, but if anyone has any tips, you know, tinkle, tinkle, let us know in the comments down below because I'm going to need all the help I can get. Um, but yeah, it's definitely kind of got me like between getting back into Sekiro, watching you play Demon Souls, it's kind of giving me that Souls-like itch. So much so that not only was I playing Sekiro. I also went back to playing Jedi Fallen Order. And the reason being oh. is because I never actually played it other than on stream for ATG. So now I've gone back to the beginning. Yeah, so now I've gone back to the beginning and I'm, I'm starting a kind of playthrough on that. Not on Twitch, just on my own time, just kind of enjoying it. Also because when I was doing the Star Wars edit and getting my head into the fucking Star Wars frame of mind and been watching The Mandalorian, which is fucking amazing, it's kind of gotten me into this like, I don't know. I'm going down that Star Wars hole again. And I was like, you know what I could do? Fucking a Souls-like Star Wars game. Let's fucking go. I, I, I really, really enjoy it. Makes sense. It's also it's a great game. game. It's a brilliant game as well. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it also to play at the same time as Sekiro is something that's <laughs> a palate cleanser, just because you know it's easier and a slightly more simpler take on that genre. But it's still that style of experience. So you're not getting too out of practice on Sekiro, but you're well, also not hating your life. Yeah, well, there is a there is a weird kind of side effect from that, and it is actually something that I was experiencing when I was playing it on stream. Is that the keys, are, the the controls are different, right, between oh. how you play Sekiro and how you play Jedi Fallen Order? So now I'm I'm kind of like had to like rejig my brain to juggle between the two. It's interesting, yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I've been playing, fellas. Um, <laughs> you know. Play, play your fucking PS5 games. Don't worry, I'll I'll play your old plus games, you know, and I'll enjoy it. No, no, so, you, nothing that. to be ashamed of. We've been to, we've been talking to uh, 
Martin Ruffle a lot this week, who is an infamous believer in the idea of waiting on next generations and taking advantage of yeah. the price drops of old consoles and old games and so on and so forth. And yeah. Chris, you could be that guy. You could just be <laughs> Mr. Frugal. Frugal Joanidis. I'm gonna have to be because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be broken homeless very soon. But uh, Martin's an interesting one, right? Because he also likes Souls games, and I've been trying to get him on to Sekiro. So Sekiro's been out for like what, almost two years now, and it, oh, it's, I've it's, got an idea. When did we when did we first stream that? It must it was like, like a, it must April be. April 2019 or something like that. So it's you know right, it's getting on to almost getting two years. There, yeah. um, but that that game has not dropped in price, and I'm desperate for Martin to try it out, but. He's and I don't blame him. He doesn't want to buy it at full price, and it's been fucking so long. I don't know when it's going to drop, but yeah, there you go. Hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, guys, let's move on because some some more interesting stuff has been happening this week. Uh, IO Interactive, makers of such games as Hitman One, Hitman Two, and uh, the upcoming Hitman Three. Yes, that's right. Three Hitman series. Uh, <laughs> more more than three, if you want to think. About it. <laughs> yeah, more than three. Um, but yeah, uh, they... Here's it, that's te- interesting. Who can name all the Hitman games without looking? Hitman 1, Hitman 2. No, you're already wrong. You're what, already th- was Hitman oh, 2? Oh, in not- order. Hit, hit, no, where Hitman 1 and Hitman 2 both had a subtitle, and there was a game between Hitman 2 and Blood Money. Oh, okay, so Hitman, what, Hitman Agent 47. No. I, I think it might be Codename 47. Ooh, Codename 47. That sounds about right, Codename wow. 47. Uh, what was 2 then? Silent Assassin. Silent Assassin. Uh, oh, Jesus. Okay, I don't know in order, but we've got Blood Money, we've got Absolution. Um, okay, and then Hitman 1, 2, 3, which was the, the newer batch. Yeah. This Hitman, you're Hitman, missing, you're, Hitman Go. You're, you're missing the original Hitman 3. I think that's pretty much all you're missing. Is Was it called Payback? Nope. But it was one word, so you're in the. You're, I know what you're, you're thinking. The right thing. Is it ab- absolution. No, I said that. Chris, right. said, Chris said that one. That was the oh, one after absolution. Blood Money that was kind of like slightly different. Yeah. What, what is it? It's contracts. Contracts. Oh, God. Yeah. But anyway, me. <laughs> never would have never would have got them. That was your super show quiz of the week. Quiz of the week. Um, that game, that first Hitman game was off the chain. When I, I played that when it first came out on PC, off the it was chain. So it okay. was so good. It was so good. All right, was it as good as the first Hitman movie starring Timothy Oliphant? Oh, it was. It was orders of magnitude better than the first <laughs> Hitman movie starring Timothy. Damn. Oliphant. Strong, hard disagree on that one because in the first Hitman movie, you got to see that that uh, that Olga chick's tits. So Olga Kurienko. Two, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up from me for that one. Uh, one yep. nipple and another nipple. So anyway, uh, <laughs> IO Interactive have been teasing that they've got a new project on the go. Did a bit of a like countdown, blah, blah, blah. And we now know what it is. They are making, fellas, a 007 game. James Bond in the house. Hell fucking yeah. This is, that's, so that's something to me that sounds really cool on paper. But what do you guys think about that and being far too close to Hitman? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's a good question. Because how can you, because how can you differentiate, differentiate Hitman from from 007 and like i don't it sounds weird to me i don't know yeah i i get what you're saying like if it's essentially a reskinned hitman with gadgets like on the one hand that actually sounds pretty cool but on the other hand it's like well why make such a big song and dance about it like surely there's got to be something else something bigger about it and and hopefully because you know james bond is not really like a hey let's not go get caught fucking killing all these dudes 
James Bond is a lot more bombastic in his approach of just fucking blowing shit up. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. But what's going to be interesting about this is it is uh, it's going to be following the origin story of James Bond and how he got his double O status. And yeah, but you know, see, this is what worries me because you know how he gets his double O status is he has to kill a certain number of um, high profile targets yeah. and then he gets the whole double O license to kill thing. So isn't that just then almost confirming that the game is going to basically be a reskin Hitman game? Here's the part where I kind of disconnect from that argument. That would be amazing if it's a reskin <laughs> Hitman game. Are you kidding me? Like a, a James a, a proper licensed James Bond reskinned Hitman game would be fucking awesome. Well, that, that's why I said. On the one hand, it would be cool. On the other hand, it's like do do more. I don't disagree in that it would be cool if they did more, and there is more to James Bond than just getting in and killing someone and getting out. And I doubt yeah. IO are going to do their version of say driving sequences, which have been a staple of James Bond games in the past. That seems like a step too far. But even something as simple as swapping out Agent 47's arsenal, you know, he's got rubber ducks that explode and so on and so forth. You swap yeah. that out for some of James Bond's <clears throat> watches and fucking lighters and all the bullshit that he's got. And maybe they attempt to enhance Hitman's third-person shooter elements to acknowledge the fact that James Bond does sometimes get straight up into shootouts. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is really promising. And IO, for as much as they have been Hitman only for a while now, whether it's Kane and Lynch or Freedom Fighters and stuff like that, they have flirted with more all-out action-oriented yeah. games. Yeah. And maybe they pull a little bit more of that back in for James Bond to acknowledge the more explosive elements of the Bond series. The last two Hitman games, you know, in my estimation at least, have actually been really good. And yeah. so even as much as a reskin, it means that at bare minimum, we're getting a really good James Bond game. That is exactly that, the point that I was going to make, yeah. In and of itself. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> so we're on the same page. Hell yeah. So the wonky, thing, the wonky thing that I was thinking was, those Hitman games have been really good, but where they're lacking for me and where they keep pulling me back is is like the story element, which is obviously pretty good in James Bond and in, in what gives him the impetus for everything. And in... If you used to me say it's a reskinned um, Hitman game, one of the recent ones, in my mind, what that is is James Bond just wakes up in uh, a, a Italian villa sort of complex, yeah. and he has M or Q, whatever his name is, in his ear, going, "Right, James, this time you've got to go take out this old lady who lives in this building over here." And then you walk over and do it, and then there's a cut scene at the end where you get like a, a, a just a frame, and you can go to a shop and sort your stuff out, and then yeah. you go back into another environment, does the same thing. I think, as you guys have both alluded to, if you don't have those story beats, if you don't have those cutscenes to thread stuff, I kind of feel like yeah. I just fall off. <sighs> like I fall off the Hitman games. I think. I think it just Chris. needs to be more action than stealth. If anything, like there, there needs to be a lot more. Like I, I'd be, I'd be all fine for like the stealth of a Hitman game, as long as it's not like, as long as there's a good balance between the stealth of it and the gadgets and. Even though I, I hate gadgets for James Bond, but that's just me. Um, but the action sequences, like getting in a fucking attack helicopter and gunning down a train full of fucking Russians or something, you know, like shit like that. That's what you kind of want from a James Bond thing. And, and you have you have to have that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, totally. But I, 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 Jamie's right. At the bare minimum, and it's what I said. I agree with it. At the bare minimum, if you get a solid reskinned Hitman game, that's in itself is already a fantastic fucking thing. So. It could only get better from there. And I, I will also say, just because I feel like someone has to stick up for them, the Hitman games do have cutscenes. 
those cutscenes are surprisingly good, <laughs> and the story across Hitman One and Two, at least, has had some good moments. But I think it's, it's a, one yeah, how it's presented. Things. It just seems how it's presented. Not, no, it I don't think it's how it's presented, been... Jonesy. I think it's the fact that you skip them. Yeah, that that does sound like a Jonesy move. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I use. I always watch the cutscenes once through. It's also that weird that the replayability, like Hitman is big into replayability and to do this mission again and again and True. again and see how many different ways you can do it. And I think if in the Hitman world, it's it's almost like more freeform in that you can you can even design your own hits and you know yeah. you can pick a person out of a crowd and go, you've got to try and get this guy, uh, kill him with the toilet seat as he walks into the, the middle of the ballroom and not get seen. Whereas Bond levels can't really do that, right? They yeah. need to, It's got to be... You're trying to save the day. These are the bad guys. You need to go take yeah. a picture of this thing. You need to go and plug your USB stick in over there. You've got to save the girl and get out. Like if they turn around and go, well, James, now you've got to kill the midget and then you've got to squash <laughs> the guy with a big hammer and you've got to uh, jump into the water and um, jerk off that shark. And you're like, what is going on? Jerk off the this shark. Is, this is, Hold on. Nah, this you, you've got me, you've got me <laughs> uniquely this is, this interested like the, now. <laughs> you mix in that kind of wacky undertone that Hitman is kind of it's done very well for hitman admittedly yeah but i don't know it's it's to me it's a weird mix it just seems like a weird prospect it I might think, be amazing i think it's gonna it be, be cool amazing. but you know what the problem is i don't even what? think they've started making this fucking game yet because they <laughs> they're right. saying that they're like building up like hiring people like <clears throat> industry professionals blah 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 and there is no release date in sight so i don't know like you could you could you could make a game like i think they they take about like two to three years to make hitman games so you know right. that, that that's cool and all, but it's almost in a way you you want as big an announcement theoretically as this to come with a little bit Stuff. more meat on the yeah a little bit more meat on the bone right like. Can I put out a little caveat that if they do do a reskinned Hitman game where you can choose to be any James Bond you want and they've got good voice actors to come and redo the voices, then I think it's wicked and I want to play it. That'd be cool. Guess- yeah. Yeah. The other wrinkle in this, I, I don't think, I don't know how much we can speculate about this, why they're doing it, and whether or not it's going to be effective or not, is that uh, IO had to uh, partner up with Square Enix to publish the original Hitman. Yes, and, and then they, they bought, have bought over by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, yeah. Well, I, I think, I, again, I don't think that they were bought. I think they just partnered with them to publish right, Hitman yeah. Two and Hitman Three. IO are publishing this game themselves. Uh, which is interesting, like, again, that mm. they didn't or couldn't do that for the Hitman games, including, I believe, Hitman 3, but are taking that jump. But for... is is that because Warner Brothers would never publish a game from... Uh, what's um, what's James Bond now? It's, uh, it's still MGM, right? Yeah. It's it's possible. It's possible. Yeah, but I I just I don't I don't, I don't I don't know what the implications of that are. I don't know if that means they made loads of money on Hitman. I don't mean I don't know if that means there's lots of investment coming in from somewhere else and they didn't yeah. need a publisher. I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, well, time, uh, will, I, I ho- time will tell when they give us a bit more flesh on that bone, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it'd be great for IO if they if they could the fucking do a CD Projekt Red and just become big enough that like yeah we'll make it and publish our own games, but. You know, we get a lot of studios like Remedy still having to pair up with 505 for control, yeah. stuff like that. It's yeah. in, just was an interesting wrinkle on this story, I thought. Yeah, fair enough. All right, guys, uh, I see we've been recording for quite a while, so I'm just going to go ahead and talk about this very quickly because the Game Awards nominees have been uh, released. Uh, Game Awards coming out on the 10th of December. So um, I don't want to go through all the nominees, etc., but I think what's worth talking about is maybe the Game of the Year. Um, 
because I think it, it paints a little bit of an interesting picture, right? Uh, so the the Game of the Year nominees for the Game Awards this year are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing, and The Last of Us 2. Interestingly, no Half-Life Alex, you know, especially coming from good old uh, the, Jeff, the final hour is Keely. But yeah, I wanted to I, get- I don't know, with that, I almost feel like that, with Half-Life Alex, I think the barrier to entry is so high, I'm not really surprised it's not on this list. I yeah. think it would have been a weird one to include for them. No, I, I, but I don't isn't, think isn't it voted for by members of the press? Uh, I don't know if the nominees are, but the the I know the I know Keely's has nothing yeah. to do with the nominees. Yes, yeah, 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 I know. But yeah, I just I just find it interesting. Like everyone's kind of like, oh, Half Life game. When is the Half Life game coming? Half Life game comes out. Sure, it's in VR. But then again, also like I don't necessarily think Game of the Year needs to be an accessible title, like. Not not Agreed. all the not all the films of the year are accessible titles, you know. But anyway, I'm I'm interested to take your. But that almost, but that's like, not by design. I don't know. Cinemas cinemas are a little different, right? No, no I, I'm I'm with I'm with Chris. Like like why would you can't say oh Half Life Alex can't be the best game of the year? It's too hard to to headsets are too expensive. Like those are completely separate ideas. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of, but I kind of feel like if you you if you have a movie which is a movie that or wins an Oscar, for example, for being the yeah. film of the year, and you say, okay, it's a subtitled film, it's a foreign film, it wasn't even released in the West, but it was still the the movie makers made a movie and they put it out. The fact that the whoever distributes it um, puts it out there didn't distribute it to your area shouldn't be a barrier to entry. But that's but that's ex- games, that's exact same I, argument though. No, no, it's not. It's not because the filmmakers in that instance just made a film. They made a film and it can go anywhere. It's just whoever, where that film goes isn't necessarily up to them at the end of the day. If you specifically make a, a game that only works on a very very limited number of PCs, as long as these people have very high-end kit and they have the ability to play it, I, for me, it would feel a little odd to include it mm, at I, this stage where VR is and what you need to have in order I to play know, this dude. game. I don't know, dude. I think it a, a good odd. game is a good game regardless of what platform it's on or how many people play it. You v- no, very no, nearly no, went bread there. <laughs> that's fair enough I don't know it's, I think it would have been a little odd choice probably because even if you had the best game in the world and let's say that it was on a bit of kit that only three people owned it's it's irrelevant it doesn't matter it's the best game in the world like no one would be able to have said would then no one could agree with you because they haven't played it alright I, I, I agree, agree, agree from, to disagree I, yeah I, I, don't, I don't see it the same way but I know what the point you're trying to make yeah Anyway, what, what do you guys I'm, think? What do you guys think of the actual nominees there? So, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing, Last of Us Two. I think it's a pretty, pretty solid, rounded off kind of uh, nominees, as it were. <laughs> it's. Do you know what? On t- <laughs> on one hand, it is a great list, and I re- I really like that list, and it's a great stable of games given the year we've had yeah on one hand i'm a bit like it is a weird ass list but it's it's been a weird year for game releases like i when i was looking at this i was like oh yeah all all these games are potentially like could be game of the year sure but yeah but at the same time it's like but it's been a weird year like like cyberpunk should have been on this list as an example but it isn't because it's too late you know, I tell you what, this might be a bit of a weird one to say, but for me, the the one that stands out, if I'm being completely like fair to what I think the list is trying to do and the games are on it, I'd say Ghost of Tsushima is the one that kind of stands out to me as probably not not um, maybe shouldn't be there. And the only reason I say that is because 
for, I haven't played it, so it would be unfair to me to say it's like a bad game. But from what I've read and what I understand about that game, it is a good game, but it is probably not this level of good. Um, and it doesn't maybe, it's not saying that in 10 years time, people are still going to be talking about from what I understand. Whereas everything else on that list, like, I don't know, like Final Fantasy VII was a fantastic remake from all accounts. The Last of Us Part Two, whether you want to hate on it or love it, like it's a hell of a thing. Uh, yeah. Hades, even surprisingly for me, is a bit of a left field. Like it's a, it's an interesting game. I, it's one of the only roguelikes I've ever played, but it's very well done. It's a bit different. Animal Crossing was an absolute monster, so you can't really take anything away from that. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's an interesting list, but yeah. I'll be honest with you. I think I think the weakest one out of all of them, for me personally, is probably Doom Eternal. Yeah, I could see. I could maybe see that as well. Yeah, it kind of pains me to say it, and for clarification, I, I have not played any Animal Crossing and need to play more Hades. Um, but yeah, Doom Doom Eternal is is it's. I don't. I, actually, I don't know what I think. I'm. I'm struggling to put it into words. Into words. The words I almost said were not in the conversation for Game of the Year. But then that's not hmm. strictly speaking true. It would be in the conversation i just don't think it's that close doom eternal has too many things wrong with it yeah i kind of feel like in any other year where we would have had uh more releases potentially this year that doom eternal would have been kicked off that list but yeah i I feel like that's true for doom eternal and ghost of tsushima i feel like they would have been on this list in a different year but again, like I said, I haven't played it from what I've read, from what I understand about it, from the criticisms I've read, from the reactions from the critics, that I would I would say maybe those yeah. two games are on this list. Yeah. But, there but you, 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 you almost look at you've played it, you Jim, almost you look at Ghost of Tsushima and say, hey, yeah, go on, Jamie. Oh, so, sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. There was a <laughs> delay. Um, it Tsushima is a very good game. But I know exactly where you're coming from in that in the, I, I feel like this is going to be controversial. Some people are going to disagree with me. That's fair enough. I feel like the importance and the quality of Ghost of Tsushima was inflated somewhat, A, because of the backlash to The Last of Us Part Two, and B, because of the role it played in some people's summers, for want of a better way of putting it. It was a very yeah. good, very enjoyable open world game coming out at a time where we didn't have much else to do or play for a fairly significant amount of time after its release. Yeah, I think Ghost of Tsushima has huge problems in terms of its, uh, I don't, know, in terms of the some of the generic pitfalls it it lands itself in in terms of its open world game design. Yeah. Some of which it tries to circumvent and does so successfully, other times not so successfully. I don't think it stands out like a sore thumb in this list. I think it earns its spot. I think it's in the conversation. I legitimately okay. believe it will be some people's game of the year. But yeah. for me, it it wasn't interesting enough. Like There yeah. are games here that did far more interesting, noteworthy things that should be talked yeah. about. And Tsushima is just... It's a good backup to have, I guess. Yeah, I, right. I, I, I probably agree with you. Uh, Jonesy on saying that like if other games were coming out they would probably be knocked off the list but I can totally see its inclusion here because yes while Jamie as you said it may have its shortcomings I think what they've tried to do and the artistry involved in that game earned it its spot but like I'm I'm looking at this fellas and I'm like Doom Eternal it, it, it's good but it's flawed okay it goes to Tsushima fine I haven't played it either but 
from what Jamie's saying, it's good, but it's flawed. I haven't played Hades and Animal Crossing, so that's fair. Last of Us 2, good, but you know how I feel about it. I do believe it needs to be uh, a nominee in Game of the Year, 100%. Mm. Uh, and then Final Fantasy VII Remake, as much as I loved it, good but flawed. I, I just... Nothing's well, kind of standing... That's a bit of a theme of the it year, be, isn't it? It becomes yeah, the just, fascinating thing where, like, the easiest arguments to make for a game that kind of yeah. doesn't have any reason to not win become Hades and Animal Crossing. Yeah. Because Do you know what, what I mean? Because in achieving the, what they were trying to achieve, they They achieve it. what they're trying to... They set out to achieve, and they don't. Yeah. there's no debate to be had about yeah. everything they got wrong. Whereas, yeah. like, the other games, they kind of are those debates. <laughs> but if I, can, if I can just be a little bit... Uh, like, the, I think the arguments against The Last of Us Part Two in that sense, for me, are more uh, story-based about the criticisms seem to be all around the story. Sure, yeah. Whereas I would say that that's not necessarily... I don't know. I think you could, I think you could, I think you could criticise the gameplay of The Last of Us 2 quite easily. Oh, you, yeah, you can, and people have, for sure. But I, I was going to say, like, I don't think... It, most of the criticisms I've seen that are the flaws people say about Last of Us is the story. Is the, those, those game elements definitely exist where people have criticised them, yeah. but they always seem to be a secondary thing. They don't seem to be like a primary issue people have with the game. It's they did this I didn't like in the story. They did that I didn't like in the story. Yeah. And then, but then you kind of get into does that mean it shouldn't be on a list? Yeah, of- I mean, look, you know, thinking back on my previous game of the year titles that I've chosen for myself, I mean, fucking Fallout Four was one of them a flawed game by so many metrics but yet it was still a game that i came out of that year saying that's the best experience i had that year but yeah i, th- I think for can me- i can i ask you guys or do you not want to answer what what, what would you put what, what would, would we be choose your pick? it's hard man. I, I, know, I know i know my answer i, think- I know mine as well oh i think i know chris's too but i'm not sure actually Okay, let's Actually, see. Oh. From this list, I know I know Chris is from this list. I think. Okay, I let's think see. I know Chris is from this list as well. Let's see. All right, let, let, let's hear it, fellas. Who's going to go first? Go on, Jonesy, because you are. Because you asked. Go on. I would have said. I would have said that you would say Final Fantasy VII. That's okay. what I would have said as well. Yeah, interesting. But, but as I said it, I as I said it, I was like, damn. He probably would have said Half Life Alex, but it's not on the list. <laughs> yeah, it's not on the list. Okay, but hold on. That's not actually what I was asking. I was like, what, Jonesy, what, I'll, I'll tell mine last because you guys have given your predictions. But oh, yeah, I Jonesy, see. Sorry. What, what would you choose? What would you choose? I would choose Last of Us Part 2. Interesting. Jamie? Yeah, I'd choose The Last of Us Part 2. Would it surprise you to say that I would choose The Last of Us Part 2 as well? Oh, wow. Would you actually? Really? Would you actually? In this list, yeah, sure. Sure. Damn. I mean, I... I, I I thoroughly disliked a large proportion of that game, and I wow. have no no problem saying that. But for me, what what a game of the year kind of needs to be, and and over the years, my my perspective on this has changed. You know, from from my Fallout Four days, but a, a game of the year needs to not just be not just be inwardly looking at what the year was, but also looking ahead. When I chose Breath of the Wild as my game of the year, it wasn't just because it was a fantastic game for that year, but it's a fantastic game for what I would imagine a few years after that year to be, and also that it would inform and elevate games going forward. Okay, So as much as I dislike large proportions of The Last of Us Part Two, I think the things that it did do right, did it exceptionally right, and that other games could could only benefit from trying to emulate, if that makes sense. Like, 
I thought the story. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought the story was pretty shit, but I can I can acknowledge what they were trying to do with it. I just felt that they f- fell flat on their face with it. I felt the game was the gameplay in particular was very repetitive, but some of the set pieces were absolutely phenomenal. The art direction was phenomenal. You know, like a lot of that stuff just makes me think that it it, it should get it. Don't get me wrong. So you guys said Final Fantasy VII for me, right? And I I I think the issue with me for Final Fantasy VII Remake that I wouldn't give it Game of the Year is that I know the core game that it's based on, the original Final right. Fantasy VII. And even though they did chop it up, I saying, I, I'm kind of looking at it saying, okay, even if you did chop it up, why didn't you do this, that, or that? Or why did you make these right. decisions that seem a bit strange? Also, I still can't get over the fact that some of their fucking PS2 era uh, textures were like in that fucking game. It, it, it blows my <laughs> mind. But yeah, like Doom Eternal... Uh, great game, maybe a little bit too frantic and a little bit doesn't didn't wasn't true to its core identity. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, I haven't played, but as we've discussed, you know, like the artistry is there. It, that would maybe be my second choice. The artistry is there. What they really tried to do with kind of like bringing that samurai movie into a game style and the different choices that they had, getting certification from the Kurosawa estate, blah 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 blah. That's all cool. Hades I haven't played, Animal Crossing I haven't played. Of course, Animal Crossing is the behemoth, you know, that that kind of gave everyone joy. If you're just saying, hey, games that give people joy, then you're sure Animal Crossing should probably take it. But I think for the games industry as a whole and to grow, I think The Last of Us Part 2. It's it's funny because when you sort of lay it all out, if, if I had to try and make like an objective pick... I might have, and almost to say like it's it's a game which has marked the year in some respects and kind of has fit with how messy this year has been. I might have to give it to Animal Crossing. Um, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Objective yeah. and, it's yeah. a strange thing to say that. Like I, I played a decent str- amount of that game and I didn't particularly like a lot of what I played. Well, here's, but, here's the interesting thing, Jonesy. Sales of Animal Crossing probably is the exact same amount of all the sales of all those other games <laughs> and the nominees put together. I mean, probably, yeah. probably not, but do you know what I mean? Like, it is so... In the, it's in the far far it's, yeah, it's, it's on such another level in terms of that, that like, yeah. Like, it's like you said, the, the fact that everyone sat at home and looking for a way to interact with people and Animal Crossing was that thing. It was the reason why the Switch is, like, on par to be, like, the most successful console of all time. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, it was. Yeah. It was, that was a, it was, but it, it did exactly like I think you guys said. It did what it it did what it wanted to do. It hit at the right time, and it was massive. So yeah. I can't really take anything away from it. Yeah, except uh, for yeah. the fact that it was released last year. But but because it fits into the uh, the Game Awards kind of uh, period of choices, then yeah, it, it feels Wait, like game? it was a this year game. Animal Crossing was it last year? Animal was Crossing it came out this year? year. It happened in it lockdown. Came out spring, didn't it? The whole point it was that it was in year? lockdown. No, it, it came out this year because I bought it because uh, the whole the I was whole point was it was it. people's pandemic. Why did yeah, I think no? that's yeah, the yeah, no, okay? Well, it was, it was well I, I put my hands up and say I'm an idiot. All <laughs> right. No, the, I think the only game that kind of missed last year and was in some categories was that weirdly enough, Jedi Fallen Order missed out. Yeah, in the same way Cyberpunk will this year, and uh, therefore did pop up a few times, but not a huge one. But yeah, yeah like. I, I, I never played Animal Crossing is the only game on this list that I haven't played a, a significant amount of. It's not my cup of tea, but I couldn't begrudge it simply for, as you guys said, 
what it did for yeah. so many people and the impressions it made on so many people, how many people it even introduced to gaming. There's so many, you know, points of significance about Animal Crossing that no matter what Last of Us 2 did for me, and Last of Us 2, for what it's worth, is the game that kind of went above being a game in the same way Doom Eternal and Ghost of Tsushima and Hades have been for me in my life and kind of became this weirdly profound thing where it's just the game that I wanted, I could, only thing I could think about, only thing I wanted to talk about, the game that made me stay up for hours on end and I've got pages of notes in my fucking Google Sheets <laughs> and Google Drive stuff because it was just really bizarre and that to me was special no matter how flawed it was in some respects. Yeah. I think we all kind of can feel that echo that sentiment on some level i think i think here's a, here's a barometer right like in two years time when you think back if someone had to say hey do you remember doom eternal or hey do you remember final fantasy 7 remake do you remember ghost of shima do you remember hades do you remember animal crossing do you remember last of us part two i think the only two games of those that people will say like oh fuck yeah and, and recalled all the like memories and emotions that were associated with it would be animal crossing and the last of us part two i think every everything else is not forgettable now, but in two years' time, forgettable. For, especially with Final Fantasy VII is an interesting one because, of course, that's been around forever anyway. But then I think the problem is in 10 years' time, you'll say, oh, uh, did you like Final Fantasy VII? And people will go, uh, the, the original or the remake? <laughs> so you'll have to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Last of Us Part Two, everyone will know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think Animal Crossing, everyone will know what you're talking about. Um, it's, it's, as you were saying that, talking, it sort of struck me because I think one way, the one thing that makes me feel odd about a list like this is if you could plot your emotional response to a video game, Animal Crossing's line would be like, boo, and then every, <laughs> every Sunday there'd be a little where you were like tiny bit anxious about whether you got to sell your freaking turnips or not. And then there would be a slight little boop for every time Tom Nook did your head in and, you know, demanded more money from you. But if you tried to plot that, but it, but it would be like hundreds of hours long, right? Yeah, yeah. But when you tried to plot the one for Last of Us Part Two, it would be 25 hours long, but it would literally be like this because it would be like this emotional roller coaster of yeah. highs and lows and stress and everything. And it's, it's a nice it's, way of putting it. Yeah. They couldn't be two counter, two games that are too opposite to each other, but easily for me on this list they probably would have to be yeah like those are the two yeah. that struck it's funny and it's funny that's why the last of us 2 has a has a genuine shot at winning because people who feel the same way that us three feel about it when we uh when this news story and these nominees were put in our uh, uh our discord the other day <laughs> i think it was aim who said that if the last of us 2 wins it would be rigged and there are so <laughs> many people online who think that way and i was just like like i would vote for it yeah me too <laughs> yeah. and i think there's I, a, I, think, I think, there's, think that's why I, it's got a chance I think a lot of people from our Discord are probably going to be very um, surprised to hear that we all would have gone for The Last of Us Part II. But it's funny, it's not our declaration that it's this flawless, like, this isn't virtue signaling. This isn't, like, us saying The Last of Us 2 is the best game of all time and we stand for everything it stands for and it gets everything right. It gets so much wrong. And yeah. we talked at length uh, during a spoiler cast for hours on end about everything it gets right and wrong. But... There's still something about it that when I look at it in this context, okay, game of the year. Yeah. What fits that bill for me? Yeah. That game stands above the rest yeah. for some reason. It's, it's, Do you know what? <laughs> oh, sorry, Chris, go I, I was going to say, I, it's funny because I still look back on The Last of Us Part Two, much like how I looked back on it when we were doing the spoiler cast and saying, it, it is a bit of a shit show. It is a bit of a shit show. Hands down, I will still believe that. And yet... You can't you can't argue about some of the greatness in that game. The greatness. You know, it's, it's Last of Us Part Two. I was going to say, if you could, if it was a person, 
it would be Nicolas Cage. Right? <laughs> it has, and it, well, this is this is irrespective of whether you love it or you hate it, right? It has some incredible highs and some lows in in quality and in you know and in and in things it did well and things it didn't do well. Like it's, yeah. it's all over the shop. But I don't. I think you to say. I and I think I can understand why some people would say, oh, if you, if it wins, it will be rigged because a lot of people hate can't stand it. Right? They really don't like what that game did. They don't yeah. like what it was, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the same time, even those people and a lot of people like you say in our Discord, I think they would still admit that whether you if you even if you hated it, it is a tour de force of some fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think to then say, oh, if it won game of the year, it, you know, that would be rigged. I yeah. think like it's you might not like it, but you can't deny it. It's a hell of a thing. Okay, well, here, here's yeah. here's a weird thing, okay? Because on the other hand, like in my past game of the years, it would be I want to tell everybody about this game so that they can go out and play it. And yet, with The Last of Us Part 2, which would be my choice for it, I, I don't want people to play it. I just... It, it's yeah. this weird kind it's, of discount. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, I can't yeah. recommend You're Doom Eternal. You're think I, of it. <laughs> as, much, as much as I'd like to, I can't necessarily wholeheartedly recommend Final Fantasy VII Remake. You, you know, like, it, it's a great game, but I don't, it, it, it's... Okay, probably I could I could recommend Final Fantasy Remake, but not hundred uh, percent. Haven't played Ghost of Tsushima or Hades. Hades, I think, is a game that I probably, judging by how you guys have taken to it, could recommend. I can't necessarily recommend yep. Animal Crossing, but everybody and their dog has fucking recommended Animal Crossing. But yeah, I just I wouldn't recommend. Like, if someone had said to me, like, do you think I should play Last of Us Part Two? I'd be like, see, I would say yes, but only because I think again. The, the conversation and the gaming scene yeah. or whatever you want to call it is richer for having more people having played that game and more people to join in that conversation, assuming, again, that they're going to actually seriously play it and seriously take it in and seriously offer their thoughts, which yeah. there isn't a lot of on the internet nowadays, and it's going to be rife with that discussion all over again if this game comes anywhere near to winning Game of the Year. I'm worried. I might have to go offline <laughs> for a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, I don't know. That that was. I remember at the time. I wanted to have discussions about that game. I wanted to disagree with people about that game, and that's all. Kind of. That's all a part of it. I don't know. Like that. That's the thing that makes it almost transcend. That like Hades is Hades. If you don't like Hades, it's like okay. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, so let's get on with our lives. Yeah, like <laughs> cool. I like it. But if, but the disagreements that people can have about the last of us part two are things that I want to engage in. And that in itself is something kind of cool yeah. and is a testament to the, the strength of that game as a piece of media. I don't know. There's a lot to it, but yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. Cause when you say like, would you recommend a game? Would you recommend it to somebody? I'm like, there are, there are some questions which aren't yes or no questions. You cannot give a yes or no answer to it. Ironic, ironically, I would say that another one of them is, does the PlayStation 4 controller work on the PlayStation 5? <laughs> it's not a yes or no question, right? It's not a yes or no question. But Last of Us Part Two, you couldn't just say, or if someone said, should I play this? You can't just go, yeah, and then walk away. Yeah. Because it has, to be, it has to be given its context. And you have to say... Look, this is what you're getting into. Uh, this is what this is what it is. It's, have you played the first one? Do you like like emotional roller coaster games? You know, da da da. It ha- is a yeah. wider conversation to be had. But uh, do you know, what I would love is for that person to go and play it, and then I want to talk to them about what they thought yeah. of the game. 
Which is what again, Jamie said. We are people who, uh, as part of the way we make a living, is by taking three or four pieces of video gaming news and turn it into a two-hour-long conversation. <laughs> like We live for yeah, extrapolating true. conversations from places where they don't need to be taken out. Of, and, uh, <laughs> I think that that's why, that in some ways, it makes sense that all three of us resonate with this game on some kind of bizarre level that isn't even necessarily tied to its inherent quality yeah. in, certain, in certain ways. You, you, um, you know what's really yeah. weird? Is, I, it's, I, I Chris, just, I, it's the think it's the thinking man's game of the year. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it's um I I just want to go back and listen to our fucking what was it like a three hour spoiler cast that we did because yeah. I've forgotten some of the arguments that we had about that game. And I just want to go back and listen to it. So yeah, that's right. If you support the Patreon and get the tier where you get the extra videos, there's a three hour spoiler cast on The Last of Us Part Two that you may or may not want to go check out. That, weirdly, we rushed through the last like hour. Well, yeah, to we get did. We, we, yeah, because it was the hottest day of the yeah. year. It was also no, no, the hottest day of the year. But I'm saying we 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 were like we have to make we can't make this be like a seven hour video. <laughs> we have to get through it. And I so want I want to, to I wanted to like if there was a way to kind of make it worth our our time to do a seven hour long spoiler cast, I'd be there. No, no, I've got I've got I'll take you one even better. Okay, we do we do a stretch goal on the Patreon where. We replay after lockdown. We replay The Last of Us Part Two. Sat down all together on a fucking couch and just fucking, you know, talk about everything that happens. Yeah, like happens. dissect, like Pause absolutely fucking and... everything. Be like, why has this happened? This is a oh no, this is great. No, this is dog shit. Blah 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 blah. It would be it would be fucking cool. Is Abby a man? Let's wow. talk about it for eight hours. Go on there. Go on there. How can um, a woman realistically gain so much muscle mass in this time period, <laughs> given this is what we know her dietary consumption is? Yeah. All right, that, I, those are some of my favourite uh, things online. Like, <laughs> let's take apart their diet. Let's take apart Tom Cruise's diet and see whether he could like yeah. fight and be a spy. And he's the dude's five. According to my calculations, the circumference of Abby's biceps is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I think that's a good place to end it, but I've got one more question for you guys, okay? From The Last of Us Part 2, what, what is the one bit that sticks out in your guys' mind? Jamie, let's go with you first. I mean, this is... That's a spoiler. <laughs> Are we allowed to say that? Uh, I mean, surely, right? Like, Okay, it's the end of the fucking podcast. If you don't want to hear the spoiler, it's okay. You can turn off. But yeah, like... You know, um, it's been a while. Okay, and I guess, in, I guess the biggest case, spoiler is so early on in the game anyway. True. Um, I guess the things that stick out in my mind for whatever reason when I think back to that game are, um, I think about that spoiler that you're referring to, the spoiler yeah. that happens you know, inside the first couple of hours. Yeah. I think about the immediate aftermath of that spoiler um, and uh, basically in the time between Ellie finding out about that news and leaving to go to Seattle. Right, um, okay. Story-wise? Story Story-wise, like basically you go through Joel's house and you yeah. find old bits and pieces. And I, for some reason, I remember that sequence. Okay. Um, I And then the two other things I'll throw out there that I think about, one, for whatever reason, I mean, maybe because it's a good, I like the scene, the flashback where um, Joel takes Ellie through a museum and it culminates in them getting into the rocket together and her listening to the takeoff sequence okay. on the cassette tape and kind of imagining that whole thing. I don't know. I just like that. In, that. Interesting. Did you, um, did you cry during that, that sequence? I don't think the last of us two made me cry. Um, 
I am a crier, but I don't think it made me cry from memory. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I, I nearly teared up about some Joel stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the ending, for, for better or for worse, I, I, I have strong memories of. Yeah, yeah. Go on, but all, all, all facets <laughs> of the ending, I should say, all facets of the ending. Wow, okay, all facets of the ending, okay. I, I, it's, I can't, I've, it, do you know what? Normally with a game, if you said that, there would be something that would pop into my head and I could say, oh, this. there is too many things that pop into my head when you say that for me to sort of say, to pick stuff out. If I had to just try and pick out some of the thing, like one of those things. One thing that resonated with me actually was, um, and it wasn't like one scene, but maybe a bit connected, was when you go into the aquarium and yeah. the, there's the whole story in there about the kids who live there with their dad and the dad dies oh, right, um, yeah, yeah. after the the kids uh, escape and one of them joins up with the resistance. And there was a whole thing where I thought it was going to turn out that Owen had killed the kid and it didn't in the end. He killed <laughs> he, he some other old guy died. Yeah. But there was like that whole sequence. And then the, um, the, the, the sort of way that they married the, I can't remember her name, Ellie's girlfriend who being pregnant. Dina. And then, sorry, Delina. No, no. Dina. Dina. <laughs> Dina. Sorry, Dina. <laughs> you, you broke up as you said it. It sounded like you said Delina. Uh, but that whole bit where she's like, she's pregnant. Um, and then the uh, Mel gets it at the hands of um, Ellie. Not through her, not what she's okay. trying to. Interesting. That whole bit sort of stood out to me as like a continuation because it's the whole well, aquarium wait. arc, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Ha, huh, okay. My my bits that stick out are uh, if we're talking about the ending, the the bit. Well, I'm trying to pick. I'm trying to pick different bits from what Jamie picked as well. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously, there's other stuff which is uh, yeah. more memorable in general. But fair enough. No, but the the, only, the reason why I'm overlapping with Jamie on the on the ending is because I could I could leave a lot of the, a lot of what the ending did. But what was really cool and powerful was when you were uh, coming up to the beach at the end sequence of that ending run. And you, there's all these like poles that are sticking out and people like crucified on the fucking poles. That was such a, that's an image that will always fucking stick with me, I reckon. Um, but the other bit is when you're playing as Abby in that, uh, in the hotel, which was the descent. Oh, right. right. Okay. Yeah. Like that was fucking mad to me. That was like. That was a, a complete horror game sequence for me with the headphones on and playing in the dark at like between the hours of midnight and 2 a.m. doing my squirrel gaming. Like those two bits will, will stick out to me so much. But this, the reason why I asked you, okay, is because I only asked you guys for one thing each and you've given me multiple things. And I think if anyone wants to have an argument about why we think The Last of Us Part 2 should be Game of the Year, that is a testament to it, right? Where there's a lot of good yeah. going for that game that'll go hand-in-hand hand with a lot of the bad that goes with that game. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, true. As, as simple as that. And fellas, I think that is us. That is two hours plus that we've done. So no complaints that you, that you got shortchanged on this one. Uh, all that's left now. I don't know. It might. It might not be two hours once we cut out some of the uh, the, bre the um, breakdowns in. <laughs> oh, true. I put my Fucking foot in it now. Yeah, because we've had, we've had some internet troubles, you know. So 
that's just that's just life in lockdown. There you go. Um, Thanks for joining us for our forty-five minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the uh, the only thing left is a, a code word. God. Any ideas? I hate the, I hate this. I'm, I hate the code word bit when we get to the end of a podcast and you're like, "Have we said anything funny for two hours?" We said we said lots of funny, buddy. Uh, I think it should be something about Nick Cage. I was thinking because you said like the Last of Us Part Two is like Nick Cage, so maybe like Nick Cage Part Two. But then, but then I remembered Ken Bone. Oh, Ken Bone. Ken Bone. So Chris, Chris Bone. Chris Bones. Chris, Chris Bone. I like and, it, Chris Bone. And it's true, I do bone, so there you go. I've had sex before. Bone by name, bone by nature. <laughs> All right, and with that, nothing else to say, except for thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.